Welcome back to He's Abroad. This is Jason here in Brooklyn, joined as always by John, who is abroad in New Zealand. What's up, John? You keep saying that, although I don't know if I'm technically abroad from New Zealand. <laughs> you're abroad in New Zealand. You're 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 abroad. But abroad you're, from re- you're you're recording from New Zealand. That's what I mean. Yeah, and you're recording from New York, so you're abroad right. in New York. That's what I said. No. Yeah, your perspective. What you said. There you go. Look at that. I won. We keep, we keep, whatever. I got to ask you something. What? Saw a picture of you on Instagram standing with, uh, uh, you know, with Alice and uh, mm-hmm. I guess a bunch of other people. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe your family. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Is that was that accurate? Yeah, that's how it normally you, works. You take pictures with other people's family. Are you domesticated you now at I this point? Are you domesticated in New Zealand? Is this, I own a is house this, in is this New Zealand. Zealand. This is, this this is your life forever? <laughs> I don't know. I guess you, 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 got a, you got a house. You're stuck there forever. When At what point does it become like real that you are staying there forever and never coming back? That's I think the when question. you own a house that kind of, I mean, so that's never it. say forever, but buying a house well, you could, is kind yeah, of the but point, you get, isn't it? You got, I don't know. You got, you got the, uh, you obviously got the, um, you know, you, you could have a you could have a summer home there, and then you have your other summer home here in New York because the summers flip. <laughs> you can only spend summers in countries. Sure. I mean, I don't think you're ever domesticated anywhere, but I've been here for. Seven I years. well, hold on a second, and that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, you, you people are domesticated a lot of places. <laughs> it's like that's partly sure, but you can always country. move though. I mean, but like with, I mean, again, I'm an American citizen, so that hasn't changed. True. Yeah. So at the end of the day, like domesticated anywhere, like if I can legally live in a place, you can I can be back in the States for the next 30 years. You never know. So, yeah. So for right now, I'm in New Zealand. I've been here for seven years. <laughs> the longest place yeah. I've lived as an adult. So it's crazy. Yeah. Seven years. That alone already kind of puts answers your question, I guess. But like domesticated, like I don't necessarily know, especially in the industry I'm in, there's no such thing. You can always move on to the next location and find work, and that's where you live for the time being. But yeah, I would say when you buy a house, that's leaning more towards staying than going. <laughs> that, that's the question you're asking me. I don't plan on going anywhere anytime soon because I own a house. Yeah, man. I don't know. It's crazy. It's hard to... I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is that like makes it hard to grasp. I don't know. It's, your, hey. it's your American sensibilities of America's so big right? The third largest country in the world behind China and India. That it's very, while the U.S. is very big and it's got many locations in its own right, there's other places in the world to live. (laughs) The world is a big place and there's plenty of Western countries that speak English where you can live. So this just happens to be one of them. It's a good point. It's not an easy feat though. Not really. It's much easier than you might think it is. (laughs) If you want an honest opinion, like it doesn't Sure, there's a bit of culture shock, but after about the first year, I mean, no, I meant, but I meant like actually doing that and to actually jump over. Like you're you're in the industry where, and you have a skill set which can bring you basically anywhere because Pretty you don't much, yeah. you you can go into any industry even without speaking the language because of your because of your skill sets. You all speak in the same common language, which is, and I would say there's a lot of industries that are like that. There's more industries like that probably than people realize. That yeah. there are quite there are things that are quite transferable, but like you said, people get places they they're close to family, they have kids and spouses, and all those things tend to make people stay a bit more where they are once they get to a certain age. 
Okay, so yeah, me, you can say that I'm reaching the age where the chance of moving around from country to country to country is probably pretty slim. It's probably between here and the United States, but that doesn't mean there isn't an opportunity anywhere else. So okay, so let me let me let me rephrase the the question. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying, trying to figure to out what your line concern. of questioning here is. Your <laughs> your it's been seven years there. You basically stay there. Let let's say you're you're done. You're this is it. You're. You're in New Zealand for the rest of your life. At, at a point, you will hit an inflection point in maybe 20 years, I guess, where you would have been in New Zealand longer than you've been in the United States, right? Sure. Okay. I was in the United States for 29 years. At that point, would you at, would you consider at any point, either then or prior, would you ever consider yourself a Kiwi? I'll consider myself a Kiwi once I get citizenship. But I would also consider myself an American because I've been a citizen of the United States, and the U.S. government considers me an American until I pay them money to not be. <laughs> you go to a bar, they say, "Where are you from?" Yeah, you, you stay in the first. states because I don't sound like I'm Kiwi. No, but that's, you, that's but pretty that doesn't much the rule. You but it are doesn't a matter Kiwi. because but people go, "Where are you from?" Question. and they say, Here. "Where are you?" and they go, "Where in the states are you from?" That's how most people approach me because I sound very American. I don't sound Kiwi. I don't sound Australian. I don't sound British. I sound very American. Almost stereotypically American, given my Midwestern accent. Okay. Let me explain further. I've been drinking the last two nights, and I'm still kind of recovering from that. Yeah, I was so about to I say, don't really like, know you, you're going. coming out feisty. <laughs> I sound a little hoarse. Now, granted, I haven't... Now, I don't mean to say, like, I drank tonight. No, I drank the last two nights, which is the first time I've done that in, I don't know, well over a year, of course. So, I'm, I'm like, you know, a little off kilter. It's going to be a weird episode. Yeah. It's yeah. also why I sound a little a little raspy. Maybe a yeah, little I, I guess my question to you would be, are you domesticated in New York? In New York, Because you've lived there all of your life within the tri-state area. No, I don't know. Yeah, because I would argue there's a better chance that you spend the rest of your life in New York than there is that I spend the rest of my life in New Zealand. No, I, yeah. Just from numbers, just from the pure fact of I've lived all over the United States where you haven't. So you, there's a better chance of you not leaving the tri-state area than there is for me to who's lived from Detroit to Georgia to New York to California to now New Zealand. Yeah, I guess there's, the difference yeah. is there, you know, I guess maybe there are, I, I, I don't know if I, it, it's weird that I can't say yes, because on paper, it, the answer would obviously be yes. But there's also like a little bit of that restlessness to always go somewhere. You know what I mean? I think that's for most people, though, our age. I think this is a generational thing, but I don't believe – well, again, if you look at the world, a lot of people don't leave within five miles of where they grow up or whatever the number is. Right? It's like 20 miles or something like that. But I would say that there's more – there's a chance that that number grows with how transient millennials are. The world has become a much smaller place even though it doesn't feel like it because of COVID. But – it is. There's a chance that you might go live in Australia one day. And I, I would say that's a completely, that's a perfectly reasonable chance that you might get a job opportunity somewhere that involves you moving to a different country. That's just not, it's not a rare thing anymore like it used to be. Right. Yeah, it is. It's more rare at this moment because of, because of the state of the world. But once that's done, yeah, it's certainly, uh, everything becomes an option, right? Everything's yeah. possible. Yeah, the world's much smaller. So, and especially now with, you know, you can live where you want to live, but work almost anywhere. So I could easily work for an American company and still stay where I am without moving. Um, but yeah, look, I would say in general, 
the last seven years of my life have been great because I haven't had to deal with a lot of the same nonsense that you deal with in the U.S. Like the level of stress of being an African-American in America is way higher than any stress I've ever felt here. It just is. I don't have to sit there and watch, you know, and, you know, be terrified that the guy that killed George Floyd isn't going to actually be convicted of a crime. Like yeah. you just, I just don't deal with that level of stuff in a country that's got 5 million people. So yeah, I'm pretty now, happy. Now I didn't have that in my, uh, in my list of things to talk about, but did you want to talk about that at all? No, cause I didn't really watch most of it, to be honest with you. I, all I saw was I'm, I'm very busy at work these days, so I don't spend, I never spent much time like looking at the news as someone who's at work, but specifically now I don't, I don't look at anything. I pretty much get it as I'm walking out the door. I get a bit of news and then that's it. So am I surprised? Yeah, because you would have thought, you know, history would tell you that these things don't happen. Um, but it doesn't all of a sudden solve racism. <laughs> yeah, that that was so. my one take on it. Not to get too far down the rabbit hole here, but it, it's interesting because that that dude definitely killed him. Like there's little question that that's the case, right? He didn't follow procedure. You had actual cops testifying against him for the procedure he took. Um, and then at the same time, it's like you get this guy, he's convicted. He's going to jail for a long time as he should. Um, but everybody's celebrating at, like this is the best thing that's ever happened. And I'm like, it just doesn't doesn't feel right. Like <laughs> this doesn't really solve anything. It's more of relief, right? Like it's not yeah. so much, yeah, we did it, we fixed everything. It's more of relief of thank God that justice is actually going to be served in this instance, right? Like it's that type of relief versus, um, you know, that type of celebration. Sorry. That's relief instead of, Oh God, you know, this happened again. And this guy is not going to be charged for his crimes, which if anything gives, um, justification for the way that police treat black people specifically. And that now says, well, look, when it's this over overly obvious, that you will actually be punished, which is the scary part, because if this was as obvious as it gets. There's camera phones and, you know, tons of witnesses and all of this stuff that didn't happen before when people were killed and the police would just say, eh, you know, hey, that's, here's our account of the story. And then it would just kind of be done where those days are over. It seems like as long as people have camera phones. Yeah, I, I suppose so. Yeah, it's just uh, it, it's it's like. <laughs> It's like the slimmest of silver linings in the like the shittiest situation, right? Yeah. It's yep. Kind it's of just that. justice is served. Now, the real question is what's going to happen with these other three dudes? <laughs> because there's a good chance that they won't uh, that they won't be convicted because they're basically getting charged with like aiding and abetting or like it's pretty much like you stood by and didn't do anything. And so while it looks like they will be they will be convicted, given the fact that this dude got got hit with all of the charges he was found guilty on um there might be a chance that the rest of these guys are kind of like eh, well it's harder to prove that you standing around and not stopping him is as much of a crime as him actually doing what he did well it's not as much of a crime but like obviously the punishment is a lot less but but they might they, they might decide to not punish them at all right like right very, exactly yeah very obvious like hey there's, you know you know should he, be some everyone now is, like yeah, yeah exactly everyone has now learned that oh you shouldn't do this but Especially would, if you know, you're, it, it's also gets more obvious that they did something. If your job as a cop is to stop crime and you literally did not stop 
a guy who just got convicted of murder. So you did not stop a murder that was happening three feet away from you. Yeah. Seems like a pretty, pretty easy case to make, but Hey, I'm not a lawyer. Neither just am some I. guy. <laughs> what? I said, neither am I. Isn't that your profession? Isn't that why you're no, out there? I'm not a lawyer. And, oh. and again, I wouldn't be able to be a, I wouldn't be able to be a lawyer here anyways, because the law is very different. You got to wear powdered wigs and stuff. I think that still happens. They still do that. Yeah, I think they do. I is that one of those courtrooms where you can't even take pictures? You have to have a guy who's drawing pictures about it. I've never been in a courtroom in New Zealand, so I don't know. <laughs> well, that's good. But they don't talk about that on the news. Whenever they talk about a court case, like, oh my God, this guy, you know, he... No, they take pictures, but there's name suppression and stuff here. So they tend to, if you're able to get your name suppressed, then uh, then yeah, then they don't take pictures. They don't even tell you who, you who the person is being charged with a crime in New Zealand if you get name suppression. Oh. Interesting. So I don't know if you remember that case of that guy that killed the. There's a tourist here from the UK that this guy killed, and I, I think they maybe have just said his name. They might not even even said it. Like the entire trial, his name was suppressed. So the newspapers, I think the newspaper paper, papers in the UK said his name, but the newspapers here never said his name. Hey, same thing with the with the terrorist from Christchurch, right? Yeah, his name was suppressed the entire time. So unless you could really go through the internet and find out who he was, it wasn't like this is the trial for this specific person. No one knew what his name was. That's good. I like that. I mean, that's yeah. Way because better. then now this guy is There's not no glory. a star, right? There's not yeah. a star. He's not. He's not a martyr. He's just the guy that did this awful thing. And I again, I still don't know what his name is. I'm sure I could look it up now because I'm sure his name is probably not. But that's good anymore. that you don't know because we but know again, and, way and too many of the guys' names who know. have yeah. actually done this shit. Yeah, yeah, so. I don't care to know either. So it's like, yeah, good. I yeah. hope that dude uh, lives a miserable life. Yeah, likewise. Well, let's talk about some happier stuff. Um, yeah, I'm busy as hell, so I don't really have much to talk about. Uh, but I do. Let's see. Yeah, I haven't even cooked any breakfast in a while, so I can't really give any updates there. I had some bomb-ass chicken and waffles last weekend up in uh, up in Connecticut at a, at a town called Bethel at a restaurant that I don't know the name of, but it was quite good. And then uh, I skated a quite well on Sunday night, so all that all that garbage not holding me back, so that was good. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, like I said, was out, was out drinking for the last couple of nights and that was fun. Felt normal. It was cool. Get my second vaccination on, uh, on Monday. So the next time you talk to me, I will, I will have all the microchips in me and the immunities and everything else. It's going to be great. Really excited about it. Found out, uh, I'll keep that on the table. I won't bring that up. Anyway, let's oh, talk about some news. Well, now, now the audience wants to know what it is. Oh, it was something about another person who's uh, who's who said to me, I don't think it's safe. Uh, it, it was too fast. Uh, the vaccine. <sighs> what do you do with these fucking people? <laughs> well, what do you, what, well, here's the real question, and I'm going to say this playing devil's advocate. Go for it. What would you do if the vaccine did have a side effect? Like just depends. a side effect. Like depends if I didn't tell you, like depends on like, the side like, effect. What is it? Again, it depends on what it is. Again, it could be good or bad, right? Oh, it could if be good. Say, Look, there's gonna be a side effect from this, and it's good or bad. You don't know what it is, oh, but it's something that will change your life, right? It will change how you go from here to the rest of your life. Would you still take it? Good or bad? As how? in it might give you superpowers or it might make you infertile. Oh. I mean, neither of those things sound that detrimental to my way of life, but <laughs> 
<laughs> or it i'm trying to think of something else like like think of anything else like you it, you might just lose you might wake up and your foot is just off like oh. the, the wound <laughs> like, is cauterized just, right just, like you can just get a nub wow. it's just you wow, get okay. a nub, but the foot is like, just like well, off at the foot of your bed it's like oh no well, well i don't have a foot anymore can i get yeah, a you just like wake up and you're like ah i feel no pain it feels fine i just don't have a foot foot's gone oh weird um yeah Would that's still wild this would you still what risk the, it? What are the odds of me losing the foot? Every person loses a foot? I get, it's or a different a, side effect per, or, for everyone. Like it's oh, a different okay. side effect that will change your life, right? When you take this shot and it's either good or bad. So half the well, people yeah, get something if that, bad. If that happens, then I'll say, well, I was wrong. Good for you guys. Or you might get a superpower. Well, then. You might be able to fly. I Honestly, you could probably get these dummies to get to take the shot if you just said, Oh yeah, if you get the shot, one of the side effects is it adds two inches to your dick, and then bam, everybody, all these, all these dumb, all, all these, all these white dudes who don't want to take it because for whatever nonsense, they all start taking it. So what happens if you're a lady then? What, what does it do? What it does doesn't matter. They're not the ones who aren't going to take it statistically. Are you, are you sure about that? Because I'm sure there's statistically a few speaking, out there. seven. It's like it's like sixty percent white Republicans. Those are the people that don't want to take it. Yeah, who are white who are white Republican men specifically? Like those are the guys. Yeah, there's women you, in there. You, you didn't. You, need, you, didn't you just need question, to get the numbers though. game. Okay, so you what do you do? Question. I don't know. I guess I live without a foot, or I get no. Like, no, free, my question is my if, if if the doctor tells you I'm going to give you this vaccine. Oh, okay. But there is a side effect, and it's not just a cold. It's not just the sniffles for a week. It's something that you're going to have to live with for the rest of your life. Are you still going to take it? Now it might be good. It might be bad. It's a roll of the dice. Would you take this shot? I need odds. I need odds. 50, and I need to know what these it's are. either either it's great or it's not. Now now what it will do it is still get rid of COVID. Like it'll still protect you from COVID nineteen. Yeah. Right. So it's not um, like you'll get COVID and it, like the side effect is like literally something completely random will happen to you, good or damn. bad. Damn. Wow. Would you take the shot? You're stalling. No. I want your answer. Yeah, I'd probably say me being me. Like if I'm say asking as myself, I'd say. No, probably not. Probably wouldn't take oh, that. Oh, look at that. Interesting. You wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, I you wouldn't. You wouldn't. Huh. Yeah, I wouldn't. But here's the here's the fun fact. There aren't. The oh, worst thing that's come up is there's is like six or seven women have had a blood clot from uh from Johnson and Johnson. Literally one in a million. Hmm. Someone's not willing to play this game. So you will deny this virus. If that was the well, case, very here's the thing: my my very survival rate is like super high. So I guess, but that would be selfish for me. All right, never mind. You know what? Fine, fuck it. Give me the shot. I'll take the shot. Give me the shot. I just bully you, bully you into well, taking wait, a shot. Well, wait that a gives minute. You 50, Let me ask you this: shot. Is it yeah. possible that because literally the worst thing that could happen from taking COVID, besides death, but arguably this this could make things worse, is losing sense of taste. Is it? Because I think I think like the reduced lung capacity is number two on the things from COVID. Yeah, but you don't need you don't need lung capacity to eat <laughs> snacks. Like that's all you, I'm saying. But, but but you as someone who who skates three nights a week, I think you want your lung capacity. What if I told you like you you have half the endurance you have on the ice now because you can't ever really catch your breath anymore because of having COVID? I drop down to lower divisions. God, you're awful at playing this game. Why? Because I have. Because I got good answers. You're terrible. No, your, answer, your, your answer is your answer is you wouldn't take the shot. Is what you're. I just said I take it. I just said I'll take it. Give no, me the you shot. didn't. You said the opposite. You well, said wait, you no, take sorry, it. I didn't get to finish my question. 
is so if this if one of these side effects is not i could lose my sense of taste i guess there's a few things like thinking it's about completely uncovid related right like none oh, okay. of those side effects from covid but you're gonna get a side effect that's completely random okay. as in you might lose a foot you might wake up and all your teeth are gone you might wake up and you can no longer grow hair. You're as smooth as a naked mole rat. <laughs> oh, that sounds great. <laughs> uh, but again, like, that's what I mean. It's a random side effect, and it's different yeah. for every single person. Yeah, I'd take you it. Might, I... You might grow an extra toe. Oh. You just don't know what the side effect is. But whatever it is, it will affect you the rest of your life. It's not temporary. Right. It's something you have. Hey, you might be able to – you might become the strongest man in the world if you take COVID. Or you take the COVID-19 vaccine. You take COVID, just like saying COVID directly. <laughs> yeah, all right, fine. I'll take it. Give me give me the thing. Now what? What's okay. your follow-up? No, just, I'm, I'm interested. It's very interesting That's discussion. That's it? Thank you. That you you Thank gave you. me shit for saying no, and now you, well, you, get, said and now you got yes nothing before. when I said You, you, you said flip-flop yes. so many times. You flip-flop more than a fish. Well, I need to I need to think about it. All right, let me get into some John Kerry mode and let me, let me flip-flop a little bit, okay? Yeah, you flip-flop all over the place. So half the time you said you would, other half you said you wouldn't. And that's well, it's a we tough. Are. It's a it's a it's a tough decision. You know, you got to live with this thing. What do you do? Do you take it or don't you? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Wow. All right. Go fuck yourself. See, these these are the problem. <laughs> you can't just put me on the spot and then, and then have me make a split second decision that's going to alter the course of my life. I mean, wow, what kind you of shoes? Are feisty. What, wow. What kind of get a little, kind of get a little sh- drink in you and you start kind of, you start talking not, reckless? I am I'm sober at this point. I'm just are like you, sure? you know I, I got a bit of a hangover. So it, not a hangover. I just got that fog. You know, I'm still fighting the fog. I, but the thing is, like, <laughs> like what kind of shoes do you get if you got six toes? Again, these are problems you got to figure out. Maybe they all I mean, squeeze you, into it. I mean, unless you're wearing toe shoes, you wear toe shoes because it shouldn't matter. Then how many? Like if you've got six toes, as long as as long as your feet aren't, as long as as long as it's not at your heel, and it's actually where the rest of your toes are, then yeah, six toes doesn't make a difference. A shoe is a shoe. You can squeeze six toes into a shoe. Why not? Because if you have like another thumb toe on the left side of your thumb toe, I don't even know what that's called. Is it called a thumb toe? <laughs> What's it called? <laughs> your big What's toe. The, the big toe. The big, there you go. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's, it's the thumb, thumb. toe. <laughs> wow. Are you sure you're not drunk? Yeah, I'm just stupid. <laughs> there's no there's no evidence that you have not been drinking before this podcast. <laughs> there's no evidence. You're like, oh, I haven't been oh, I was drinking the last two nights, but I'm sober now. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> Are you sure? Let me explain. Let me explain. The the what's the toe called on the outside? What's that called? Your pinky toe. Right. Just like your pinky. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> The problem is, is that your your toe, your big toe, isn't opposable, so it's not a thumb, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess. is that a rule? Yeah. That's that's I think required because so, it's a thumb because it's opposable. I was just, <laughs> I guess. But I just, yeah, just imagine if you're because again, you're you're not you're not, a, you're not a monkey, you're not a you're not a chimpanzee. They've got a po- opposable thumb toes. No, but yeah, we've got regular I big get, toes. Our big toes aren't opposable. You can't grab stuff with your big toe like you can with your hand. You can grab stuff with all your toes, but you can't grab stuff like a Look, glass you got, with your toe. I'm, I'm trying to say you have all you get your five fingers, right? You got your you got your pinky, your ring finger. You got your pinky finger, ring finger, middle finger. What? That's such a lazy ass name for that. Index it finger, literally and then the middle th- finger. And then your thumb, right? <laughs> Which is the only one that's not followed by finger. So you might have a good point here. But and that kind of negated where I was going. But if I'm like thinking about my toe, like the only ones that have names, then you're saying you got the big toe on the left and then you got the pinky toe on the right. If I'm talking about my mm-hmm. right foot. 
Mm-hmm. So, and the ones in the middle, we don't have names for those. I think it's the middle toe. And I think it is the, I think there's is an it, index toe, but I don't know if it's called the index ring toe. toe, but you can't point, can't point with that index toe. No, you can't, you can't point with it. And who's putting rings on their ring toe? I think people do wear, I've, I've, I've believed that there have been a few women that I've seen with toes on, with rings on their toes. Yeah. Toe yeah if you're browsing, if you're browsing some of those, uh, if you're browsing wiki yeah. feet, you'll probably yeah, see look a lot of that. Toe rings. Toe rings are totally, totally a thing. Body jewelry. You can get a toe ring. Now, I bet, I bet though, if I Googled, I'm going to do this in an incognito window because I don't need any of that weird shit in my history. If I Google, yeah, and you put it on your ring toe or your middle toe. All right. Well, I just Googled thumb toe. Why has your thumb got a special name, but your big toe? It's because is it's, just a, it's the opposable thumb. That's why it's an opposable thing. It has to be. Which is real funny that we didn't grow, that humans didn't evolve to have opposable thumbs. I guess we weren't, or, oh, sorry, opposable big toes. I guess we don't climb trees and stuff, so it's a little different. Yeah, and we put a sh- and we probably and we wear shoes and we probably wear shoes for a while because we're walking around like nomads. Yeah, unless you live in New Zealand where you don't wear shoes. <laughs> Welcome to the grocery store with no shoes on. Right, you did mention that. All right, well, enough of this nonsense. Let's uh, let's let's get into some serious news here because I got now. Look, uh, two of these are not political. I don't even think the third one's political, but I I don't really feel like. We'll, we'll rope that into the the reddish, bluish, blackish, Jewish thing at the end, if we want to just do that in that order. The other two articles that I have, so here are the, here are the articles I got. I, I got the one that you sent me about this, uh, um, about the this racing race, the racing yep. story. Yes, yep, wonderful. <laughs> Figured you'd like that one. Yes. Um, I got I got a story about uh, bubble tea. All right, bubble tea is gross, by the way, but yeah, sure. Oh, I can tell you about some bubble tea. I actually. Um, uh, it was my birthday a couple weeks back and my, my mom gave me, and I, this is the first time I seen my mom since my birthday, I think it was, or maybe not. But anyway, point is she gave me a, uh, a make your own bubble tea kit mm-hmm. and I tried that out today Yeah, and it was fine. It was good. It tastes like bubble tea. It's yep. weird. It's really weird. <laughs> I'm watching weird something process. that I do want to bring up after your third story because okay. I do want to hint on this. And then the third story is uh, this this guy who's upset about Disney being woke, Disney theme parks being woke. Now, before we get to any of those stories, and this isn't really even media therapy, were you around Brooklyn at all today? I'm in Brooklyn right now. I live there. Okay. So I'm watching I'm watching videos of this DMX of this DMX memorial. Have you seen the images from this? No. Did you see what DMX's coffin was put in? The coffin. So not him, not the coffin, but what the coffin was in. No, what the coffin, how they how they tra- how they move the coffin from one place to another, how they moved his body with the coffin in here. So I no. sent you a link from the New York Post. Okay. And he was driven down. Oh, I'm trying to see it's right by the Barclays. Center. Oh my god, this headline is great. And they put his they put his coffin. In the back of a monster truck. <laughs> and it's amazing. It doesn't even really fit into the back of the monster truck. So it's in like a Ford, let's say a Ford F-150. holy shit. What and the is coffin is just this? right on top of the, and there are people on. So DMX, in all of his videos, he had, lots of, he had lots of bikes and four-wheel drives. And so it looks like a giant party out there. But they put this man's coffin Oh in a monster God. truck that's about the height of the Barclays Center. <laughs> this is 
this whole scene is crazy. What was that movie? He was in an action movie where he wrote it. He was in a lot of action movies. He was in quite a few action movies. (laughs) Yeah, there was a moment. He was in one with Tom Arnold, I think. Was he in a Tom Arnold action movie? Well, he wasn't in a Tom Arnold action movie. Tom Arnold was in a DMX action movie. There's a big difference. Yeah, Tom Tom Arnold was like an arms dealer in this movie. I I mean, there's a ton of movies that he's in, right? Is it Exit Wounds? Is it Cradle to the Grave? Um, he was he was part of a lot of jet. Cradle, it was Cradle to the Grave. It was Cradle. Yes, to the Cradle grave. to the Grave. Yeah, yeah. Tom Rollins. Jet Lee joint. I believe Anthony, Anthony Anderson was in this too. What the hell? Yeah, this is early. Uh, yeah, this is early. Gabrielle Union is in this movie. Yeah, she is. <laughs> so Mark DeCascos, who recently came up in the Paul Giamatti game. Look at that? this. I mean, this is a star-studded. Uh, this is a star-studded um, movie here. Star-studded lineup. You got a bunch of uh, you got a bunch of cage fighters in this thing as well. <laughs> I would hope so. I would hope yeah. so. So yeah, this is um, very yeah, like they. So yeah, I just didn't know if you had seen this because you're you live in Brooklyn, although you don't live in this part of Brooklyn. Um, uh, I go under it. I was under it, um, but I I wasn't in. I, I'll be honest, I didn't even know this was happening. Uh, yeah, I mean, it looks it looks like a good time. It looks like a it looks like a black time. Is what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm sure all the yuppies in in Brooklyn uh, fled today because <laughs> there's a lot of black people on motorbikes and four wheel drive. It's a lot of smoke. There's a lot, a lot of, of smoke. smoke. Yeah, and there's DMX's body in a in a casket from the cradle to the grave on a monster truck that has long lived DMX and Rough Riders on the back. So rest in peace, DMX. <laughs> oh, I just thought of a good one for the. I hope this is a good one. Let's see here. <laughs> Oh, that's perfect. Okay, cool. Yeah, I know where all of this is, too. This hasn't changed in a long time, this area of Brooklyn. I know exactly where this is. I don't know the name of the street, but I, I remember this mattress store. I remember all it's this on 4th stuff. Avenue. This I saw, it's on 4th Avenue, and uh, yeah, it, it's it's 4th Avenue target, right there. By that target. Yeah. yeah. Many a time in that target. 4th Avenue in Atlantic. 4th yeah. and Atlantic. That's where it is. Atlantic Avenue. That's what it is. Yeah, so it looks like they're having a great time. There's They're playing does DMX hits, which is which is playing out there in the public, which means it's it's a rough time. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. The uh, These comments that they have here, the story is uh, really brief, but it's like a bunch of commentary from Twitter. Oh, yeah. And there's a-, a cop here, you know, leading the monster truck down the road. He is He's pointing and telling the monster truck to go down the street. Some of the this is the here. largest truck I've ever seen in my life. How this thing is even able to drive is amazing. Yeah, this this quote, these quotes from the tweet. They made a custom Ford monster truck for DMX casket. I want to be great for sure. That was one tweet. And then another one just said, legend shit. <laughs> I mean, this monster truck is huge. <laughs> I've never it's, seen a truck this big. It's just raised up. It is. It's, just it's very high. Really raised up very high. It's very I high. do. It is a nice casket. Like it is. It's very. It is. Um, it's appropriate. It's appropriate. I hope they. I hope it was also like blasting his music the whole time. I think it was. I think it was. And again, like I'm glad they strapped this in because I can just see. <laughs> yeah, the thought of your body sliding off the back of it because it's not inside of the cab. Like it's up high, so you can see the casket. And I can just imagine this sliding out and just a body rolling out. That'd be so. Awful. Is he buried? Is he buried in New York? Then is that? He was this to before be. the funeral? This is the funeral day. I think this is the procession to you know this final is the big apple service. tour saturday so that means because f it was a customized f-250 so yeah so they drove him so the f-250 cost around seventy thousand dollars and it quickly accelerated past one hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. oh my god so 
Very expensive. So I wonder if they'll just drop the truck into the ground with the casket. That'd be awesome. Just like stop just, the truck and just no, lower it into the ground with I him on it. Drive it into uh into like a tomb for this man. Yeah. Like big enough for this truck to just drive right in, and then you just leave it on the truck in the tomb. Yeah. And then yeah. millions of years in the future, when they find this rock, they're like, what happened here? I mean, they could have just put him in the passenger seat. <laughs> Some weekend at Bernie stuff? Yeah. Like that. No, no, I can't. No, 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 no. Nope. Not, not on board with that. DMX. All right. Let's get to the other stories. I just wanted right, to bring that up because I saw what it order, I was. I thought it was yeah. worth bringing up. It, it was definitely worth bringing up. All right. What order do you want to go in here? Again, we got, so, we got the messed up. Let's do the bubble tea first. All right, bubble tea first. Do the, let's, do the, let's do the race second. You, you right. spoiled it, but let's Sorry. do the race second, and then let's do Disney World. Third. Nobody heard me. It's fine. Nobody listens. All right, here we go. Reading from, uh, reading from CNET, Boba Tea Shortage Explained. Why the, why the bubble tea drinks facing tough times? Boba tea drinkers in need, by the way, boba tea, bubble tea, same shit. Boba tea drinkers in need of a fix might have to be patient for a few months. What is boba tea? I'm not going to read that. Why is there a boba tea shortage? That's where I'll start. Both the boba balls, which come from Taiwan, and the tapioca starch used to make them, which come from Thailand, are getting caught up in significant shipping backlogs on both the east and west coasts of the US, according to MarketWatch. The delays are affecting good be are affecting goods beyond boba, including microprocessors and just about anything else shipped from Asia to the U.S. But they're hitting boba hard since it relies so heavily on ingredients from Asia. The shipping lags can be blamed on a mix of bad weather, pandemic-related logistic issues, and increased general demand as consumer spending rebounds, according to MarketWatch and also to Business Insider. How long could the shortage last? In an Instagram post. Boba Guys, a boba tea company with a flagship store in San Francisco, said it could take months for boba tea supplies to get back on track, and shops are already starting to run out. Quote, this is an industry-wide shortage, end quote, the company wrote. Quote, some boba shops are already out. Others will run out in the next few weeks. 99% of boba comes from overseas, end quote. How have boba lovers reacted? Well, glad you asked. Boba tea lovers lamented the coming hard times on the Boba Guys Instagram post. Tragic, one said, wrote another, quote, the real apocalypse is about to start, end quote. Another voice relief at being on the right side of the supply train, quote, so glad I am now based in Singapore, end quote. How rude. Boba Guys, for its part, urged patience and understanding, saying, quote, don't get mad at Boba shops for running out of Boba, end quote. So there you go. Boba running low. Short supply. Pando, I feel nothing towards this story. <laughs> pando gonna pando. Yeah, I figured. It really felt like some fluff. Um, I saw it. I was like, hey, you know, Boba is in jeopardy. I figured you didn't give a shit about this. And honestly, I don't either. To be honest, I, I haven't actually had... Today was the first bubble tea I've had in probably, let's say, some years, plural. Uh, you used to get them a bunch? Drink, if I have to chew stuff in my drink, it's gross. <laughs> like, I think that should just be a general rule, right? Like, if you're drinking a glass of milk and then you just start chewing on stuff, yeah. right? You're, you're going to be like, oh, God, what is it? Is that spoiled milk? And so, no. bubble tea, boba mm-hmm. tea, sure. that's what I think of when the one time I had it and then you just start sucking up chunks of stuff. I don't like and it. And it's gross. That 
That doesn't gross. sound good. Yeah, when you it think is. about it's just it like chunks that, of it's jelly, it's just gross. It's not always jelly. I mean, it, whatever it is, it's gross. The touch is tapioca. It's tapioca pearls. They don't really taste like much. That's the other weird thing about it. Like, I don't really know Texture what the appeal things. is. I, I like it. Um, that shouldn't be surprising. I used to get bubble teas from this place called Kung Fu Tea. That was my favorite one. And I would wow. get this and I would get this. Uh, I'd get like a passion tea or a mango tea. And I would get it with uh, with bubbles and not a jelly, which is like a lychee flavored jelly, which is also chewy, but more, but less, less chewy than uh, than tapioca balls. And it was about the time that I stopped consuming mass quantities of sugar on a daily basis that I was like, eh, probably shouldn't be doing this anymore. So that's when I kind of dropped off on the on the bubble tea bandwagon. But I did like it quite a bit. But it was just kind of like drinking the fruitiest, the sweetest fruit punch with a uh, with these chewy balls in it. And, you know something I didn't really need in my life, but I did enjoy making this tea and it was unsweetened. I was able to make it my way. So there you go. You know, great. Thanks for that gift. Mom, if you're listening, thanks for the gift. And, uh, I guess I'll try making this again. I, it, you know what the thing is, it's better with an oolong tea, I think, but making the bubbles is pretty easy. The whole process is very easy, actually. Hmm. Um, yeah, but although the balls, if you think they look gross after they're, they show up in the, when they show up in the drink, they're even grosser before. They're like covered in some weird stuff, and then they then they blow up into like these like gooey like balls. It's 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 weird, man. The whole thing's weird. I don't know whose idea this was to begin with. Did uh, what was that drink in the nineties? There was a drink in the nineties. It came in a bottle, and it had like some yep. floating shit in it. What I know exactly that? what you're talking about. What was uh, that? what is that called? It came in a glass bottle. Nineties drink with floating floating balls. All right, let's see here. This is, I always wanted to try it as a child, and I never did. Orbits with a Z. Yeah, there it is. Orbits with a Z. I think I had it once and had the very same feeling. Orbits with a Z of, now brings me to the flight. That's not what I want. I want the drink. Give me the drink. Yeah, it's, it's, that's why it is pronounced, it is, it is produced by the Clearly Canadian Company. Hmm. Yeah. This so if you remember the Clearly Canadian like company, they had that sparkling water, Clearly Canadian sparkling water. That was a big deal in Michigan. Um, they had the cherry flavor, which was delicious. Why do we remember this? This shit was orbits. discontinued in a year. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't all around for long. You're a kid from the 90s. Yeah, so. but that's so, it's such a small window of time. Why does it stand out? Is it just because it was so strange and so cool? Yeah, it looked like a, it looked like a galaxy in a bottle, and it it was from gelin gum, so it's like a it's like some type of chemical process of some floating thing. It's gross. They got it. How come nobody's tried to bring that back? Nobody's ever tried to wow. revitalize it. Oh, I'm sure they will. Right, these kids now that are all about the the 80s and starting to become about the 90s. Right, as soon as we sort of dive more into 90s culture with the youngins, they'll bring this back. Just like they brought back, uh, did they bring back Surge? Oh, I don't know about that. They did just bring back 3D Doritos, though. Yeah, I thought they brought back Surge. Uh, no, it was discontinued in 2003 from from its original run. But Surge looked like, yeah. So they did. They they they, they tried. Yeah. So it's back. So it's, so Surge was introduced in 1997 and discontinued in 2003 from the original run. God. And then they keep bring. They brought it back to Amazon in 2014. Brought it back from 2015, and now it's back in all Burger King, McDonald's, Coca Cola freestyle machines. As of August 2018. Yeah, it's too uh 
It's too intimidating for me. I don't think I'm Surge ready for just surge. reminded me of when you when you don't drink water for like two days and then you try to use the bathroom and it's just that hot yellow <laughs> is what this looks I, I like. I hate that. I hate that explanation. It, this isn't I even hate, yellow, it's I like hate green. That, I hate that description, hot yellow, because I know exactly what <laughs> you know that exactly is. What I'm talking I hate about. it. Oh, yeah. oh no. <laughs> you know exactly because it's like it's not it's like an amber yellow potent it's a potent it's a potent yellow where it's like man i really got to drink more water (laughs) it's like you immediately grab a glass of water (laughs) yeah yeah you are dehydrated you you shouldn't be this is this is a bad sign you don't want to smell this so hot yellow damn yikes ouch (laughs) really really did not like where that went um yeah someone bring back orbit so i could try it um, even if it's just like, yeah, I think I had it a couple times. It was gross. <laughs> it's like, it's like drinks of, it's like little balls of stuff in your drinks. It's gross. Yeah. And there is, there is a fervent love for the nineties. Like nine, 90 kids are vocal and 90 because I'll tell you what I saw scrolling through Twitter today. I saw, uh, I saw like uh fan fiction art that I don't know if that's the best way to explain it of, uh, of Doug. Remember the cartoon Doug? I do remember the cartoon Doug. Yeah, he had a dog named Porkchop. Yeah, so this is a <laughs> picture. Remember? Yeah, and his and his love interest was uh, Patty Mayonnaise. That was the name of the girl. Why do I know that? I don't know. Just came to my head <laughs> right now. But it was Doug and Patty sitting at a table. They were grown. He was, uh, oh, you know, weird. He was he was looking he, good. He was looking like a snack, and then uh, and then he <laughs> had, then he had a picture. And then he had a picture of pork chop on the dog on the he, on the refrigerator standing behind him. Oh, that dog is definitely dead. <laughs> pork chop's got to be dead, dead right? as fuck. And I'll tell you what, these two definitely didn't have kids because otherwise their pictures would have been on the refrigerator. Instead, they just had the dead dog. Was was he wearing that same sweater? It was a longer one. It was definitely more much. Let me see if I can find this picture. I'll send it to you. you he, had a, he had a green. He had a green sweater. He had a green. Was, uh, he had like uh, a vest, green sweater vest. vest. Yeah, it was he a, was sweater, a vest. sweater vest with a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah with a white t-shirt. That's exactly what it was. Let me see here, because I had it wasn't that long. Ago. Let's see here. Uh, it okay, cool. I didn't. Yeah, this is this is the picture. All right, I'm gonna send you the uh, this thing over. Uh, I'll send you the hangout so you can see <laughs> so you can see what this looks like. I'm telling you though, these these damn. I don't even know why this was even. This is viral yeah, tweets. Why is this on your Twitter? All right. Oh, I don't, wow. It just shows viral tweets. It wasn't God, even. Why does he look like he looks like such a hipster? <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. He's eating why is he some, eating? What is he eating? Is he uh, eating? It's a it's a rice. It's it's rice. It looks like rice with an egg on top of it in a piece yeah, of broccoli. broccoli. Yeah, in, and in an, an avocado. avocado. <laughs> he's got an he's got open avocado. Jesus. Like I said, oh, it's a. Some hipster shit going on. Yeah, here. why is this on your why is this on your Twitter feed? I don't know. It just says viral tweets. And then it's like follow topic. I, I do not. And then right below it is Apex Legend. I don't care about Apex Legends. <laughs> I don't care about that stuff. Oh, and it, God. So yeah. Twitter's the worst. Then I'm getting targeted with ads for Gatorade. Like, what's happening? This is this is my Twitter feed. And then all of a sudden Rick Wilson starts talking shit about uh Tucker Carlson. Like, that's my Twitter feed. Anyway, yeah, let's move oh, on. Oh, this is weird. If you keep going down this, th- yeah, this is odd. This is you took an odd turn on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next next story. <laughs> cool, everybody. I think we'll get through this shortage of uh, of bubble tea soon enough. That's all I want to say. Hang in there. Hang in there, world. All right, reading from stuff.co.newzealand as provided by you, John. Sent this to me earlier today, uh, earlier in the week. 
Greyhound zipping. <laughs> I can't get through this. Greyhound zipping Sarah wins race while on methamphetamine. <laughs> I saw it's this. So and was good. like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. Now, this is kind of like a continuation from last week when we posed the question, can one casually take meth? Yes, that's, that's can one why I want to recre- Can one recreationally smoke meth <laughs> like in their free time? Like once once a month or so. Well, let's get into this. A leading trainer has been disqualified for four months after one of her greyhounds tested positive for methamphetamine and amphetamine. Foxton? 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 Foxton, which is probably about an hour and a half north of where I am now. It's just, it's up the coast. So if you keep driving up Highway 1 from Wellington, you'll run into Foxton. Cool. Foxton trainer. Foxton. (laughs) Cool. Cool. Geography. Geography's fun. Foxton trainer Angela Helen Turnwald, like a three-name person, lined up Zipping Sarah, owned by a syndicate. What? For the Len. (laughs) Jane. Oh, these are. Hang on a second. This sentence is is ridiculous. (laughs) I'm going to read this again, but slower. Foxton trainer Angela Helen Turnwald lined up Zipping Sarah, owned by a syndicate, for the Len, Jane and Penny Hat Memorial feature at the Canterbury Greyhound Racing Club in November 12th last year. I didn't stutter. What (laughs) does that sentence mean? I mean, I, I mean, there, there's obviously missing something here, but you also way that you read it was weird. Fox and Trainer Angela there's a Helen lot of commas. lined up, lined up zipping Sarah, comma owned by a syndicate, comma for the Lynn, comma, comma, and it should be it should be at the Jane and Penny Hart Memorial feature at the Canterbury. No, at is following. No, because the because the Jane and Penny Hart Memorial feature is the name of the race at the Canterbury Greyhound Racing Club. So Jane and Penny Hart Memorial feature is the race name, like the Preakness or the Kentucky Derby. The Kentucky Derby happens at Churchill Downs. This is the Jane and Penny Hart Memorial feature that's happening at the Canterbury Greyhound Racing okay. Club on November twelfth. Right. What's the Len? The Len is the name of the syndicate, I would assume. No, owned owned by a syndicate, comma for the Len. For the Len, a syndicate called. So that's for the Len, another I thing. Oh, the syndicate is called For the Len. Yes, that's my assumption. Yes. Again, I'm making an assumption here. Okay. <laughs> because po- it's a terrible g- written sentence. Not, the good not- news is that sentence doesn't matter. The Greyhound <laughs> the Greyhound streaked home to finish first, winning a stake of four thousand eleven dollars. That's really specific. <laughs> what a very specific amount of money. <laughs> Turnwald pleaded guilty to failing to failing to produce zipping Sarah free of a prohibited substance for the race. That's usually the first sign of guilt. Yeah. If you plead guilty. <laughs> yeah. Well, they said you failed to produce uh, pretty good to found. Oh, fair enough to check. I'm tired. The stake money was not paid and she was also fined $3,500. Damn. Damn. The Greyhound has come first, second or third in nearly half of its nearly 300 races. Holy shit. <laughs> this dog is killing it. It's crushing it. It is the third. It is the third doping case in the greyhound racing industry in the last six months, according to animal rights organization Safe. 
And then there's see, this a picture of this see, greyhound that is See, this terrible. is also a bad written sentence. This needs a comma after organization. Like, Look, it didn't say it was it didn't say it was well written, but the story stuff, you got to you got to get your shit together. All right. <clears throat> Racing minister Grant Robertson said doping and other forms of cheating were completely unacceptable. Thanks, Grant. Quote, it's not fair on the animals or the people betting, end quote. <laughs> that, that, that last part is the amazing part. <laughs> it's not fair on the animals or the people who are putting you guys all of their money on Zipping Sarah, which if you knew Zipping Sarah was on methamphetamine, that would have been a sure bet. You guys think about the animals. Or, keep in mind, he said or, or the people betting. People betting. <laughs> you know, pick one. If you don't give a shit about the animals, at least think about the people that are putting their hard-earned money on the line here and want a fair fight. In a decision released this week, the Judicial Control Authority, or JC or JCA, said it could not establish who or how the drug was administered, but it had to impose a sentence to ensure trainers were vigilant and took precautions to ensure their greyhounds did not consume prohibited substances before a race. So question for you. I'll do if my best. you had to give a dog methamphetamine, <laughs> how would you do <laughs> it? Right. Oh, this is how all my favorites. Uh, all my favorite questions start with "If you had to give a dog methamphetamines, <laughs> what's going to come next? How, how do you would split, you do? How it? do you how do you split this check? Oh, that's a weird way to follow. Um, how would I do it? Like, would you crush it up in some food? Because I don't think yeah, a dog would me... naturally just eat like all a right. bag of meth. <laughs> dog just I need like. To... Hey, this all happened just by accident, right? Like zipping Sarah one day just got into the meth, and the next thing you know, she was crushing races, so we kept giving it to her. Okay, I need to explain. I need to admit a gap in my knowledge. I don't really know exactly what meth is in its like, like whether it's a solid, liquid, or gas, or can be any of those things. I believe um, methamphetamine, but, but is I think, solid. but regardless, I mean, I'd put it in some cheese. Like I'd do it the same way you give it. <laughs> <laughs> good answer good good answer good answer that's totally this is a family feud game if you had to good answer five ways you would give a dog methamphetamine jason if you put it in some cheese that's right oh, that's answer. right steve it's on the board steve it's on the board <laughs> put it in some cheese is it on the board <laughs> number one put it in some cheese <laughs> number two what would, what would number two be oh man number two oh god again i don't really understand how meth works so it's gotta I guess, be like, peanut butter right peanut butter's number let's two see peanut butter on the boards good answer good answer Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, so meth comes in. I think it comes in multiple different forms. But I believe can I, you actually. Sorry, can I can I just take a sidebar? Uh, yes, I sure. I didn't start watching Family Feud until the Pando. Until when Steve I was, Harvey was is Steve was, Harvey your first introduction to the Family Feud? Yeah, and it was this version. Wow. Yeah, because I would watch the um, you know those primetime game shows with my family when I was staying there, uh, when I was staying with my family during like the first few months of Pando. Wow, and so you don't even do you know any of the other hosts of the Family Feud? Do you know any no, of them? No. Really? So Richard yeah. Dawson was the original. I only know three of them, right? Because there's a couple of them that are hilarious, right? Richard Dawson was the original. He ran the Family Feud for years. Like I would say for the first 10 years, and then he did it a bit in the 90s, right? Like the mid-90s. And that's when I first watched it because he used to come up, he used to say really inappropriate things, like stuff you could say in the 70s, he used to say. 
at yeah. some point, Louis Anderson was the host of the film. Oh, right. Yes. I knew about that. Yes. I knew he was. And then okay. after Louis Anderson, it was the dude from Home Improvement, the dude with the beard. <laughs> oh, really? That's odd. Yeah. It was the dude. It was, it was uh, Tim, Allen's, uh, Tim Allen's co-host. Hmm. Did cool. it. Um, Al, Al <laughs> whatever, whatever Al's real name is. Was and then and then there's a couple other people, but then Steve Harvey. So yeah, like Steve Harvey's run it for I would say at this point just as long as Richard Dawson has. Yeah, he's great at it. But I I will say like one of the best one of the <laughs> you'll find this funny is that whatever you know they're always like good answer good answer. My my grandmother would always jump in and just yell that's a terrible answer. <laughs> <laughs> And then if it was there, she'd be like, oh, what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, grandma. So like you said, so I guess she's like, put it in cheese. Who does that? Who does that? And then there you go. Number one. What do I know? What do I know about giving it a dog meth? It's a good question. So, so the main thing to know, uh, everything I know about meth is from Breaking Bad. <laughs> the whole premise of Breaking Bad is them cooking meth. Okay. So I believe that you can put meth in any type of form, but the main form is like a crystal, right? So it's a stimulant. Meth is basically akin to uh, cocaine, would say. Like you cook it as a, it's a, it's an amphetamine, right? So you remember those diet pills in the early two thousands that all got banned because it basically just made you like a like a crack addict because <laughs> you take this stuff and it was like speed. Right, and it made your heart race, and so a bunch of people were dying because they were taking these like gas station pills with amphetamines in it. Whoa! So that's why it's methamphetamine. It's the amphetamine is the most important part of that meth. <laughs> is it, that's the part that like it makes you real hyped up. It it's makes the, your heart a good real shit. fast. So it's totally a stimulant. So I would assume, right, you can get it in. It's mostly in crystal, and then I'm sure you can anything of the crystal, right? You can make it into a powder, and I'm assuming if you crush it hard enough and mix it with some stuff. Yeah, you, can, so you, uh, could, you like, can put it in. You can put it in. You can put it in liquid. But I would assume most people smoke meth, right? Uh-huh. So now again, I'm assuming you can you can snort it and you can inject it. But I would assume that most people smoke meth. Yeah, it would be tough to give it in a um, in like a gas form. I mean, I guess you could, right? You'd have to kind of if you like pumped it into a into a pen. Yeah, like if, if you smoke pen. it, if you burn it, and then pipe that smoke into yeah. a room. Do you think that's what they did? Do you think that the dog caught it secondhand? Mm-hmm. Or do you no, think that they think just they like lit know. this up for They'd the dog? pick it up. You also have to think about the traceability aspect. That's why like if you can give it through some like oral means. Through some cheese. And combine it with food. Yeah, like cheese or peanut yeah. butter or like just, just maybe like mix it in with the dog food yeah. that he's going to have. Or like, you know, if you can, if you can lay some milk bone. Can you do that? <laughs> <laughs> just lace it. You just create, just make it's like making uh what is it when people cook edibles with marijuana? Same thing, right? Like you make yeah. some brownies for the dog, but they're meth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Something like that, right? Like if that's the case, I think I think that's how you do it. You can also you can also do like injection, right? Is that possible? Yeah, yeah, you can inject it, but that seems that seems deliberately like if you were deliberately trying to cheat versus like let me sprinkle a little meth on the food and see what. Oh happens. yeah, that's right. <laughs> That's not deliberate. <laughs> no, but it's more they deliberate if you're, if, deliberate. if you're like holding the dog down and like giving it like a steroid shot, like in like in the back of its rump. Yeah. And then letting true. it go out there. Because I'm assuming you put a little on its food. But again, like I'm assuming you got to time it right too, right? Because you don't want the dog to come down on that as it's racing, right? Because then he just might be like, oh man, like it's, I need more. And <laughs> I need more versus like being at the peak of the high. Or maybe they just give it like a little whiff, right? Maybe they just give it like a little smelling salt whiff. 
Yeah. I don't know. It's very interesting. But who would have thought that you give Greyhounds? Or meth maybe and it maybe it's like a maybe it's a secondhand deal. Like the guy, like the owner is smoking, is smoking, and then just blows it in their face. So you should keep reading then. Okay. <clears throat> Touche. Let's see. So we said it's not fair for the betters. We said that part. Okay. The decision comes only weeks after Robert after Robertson announced a review into animal welfare in Greyhound Racing. Which has been, you know, that's an easy case to solve. Stop yes. Greyhound racing. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure even Florida has stopped Greyhound racing, which is this is one of those things when you talk about New Zealand, right? Where New Zealand is real progressive on some things, but real backwards on other. I didn't even realize that we had Greyhound racing in New Zealand. Why this still exists here is amazing to me. Yeah. So anyway, announced to review in animal welfare and greyhound racing, which has been plagued by allegations of excessive dog euthanasia, high numbers of injuries, and unaccounted for dogs. How does that work? Just missing. <laughs> yeah, it's like, wait, there's there's three before, right? No, there's two? <laughs> cool. All right, uh, let's go. What happened? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Let's smoke some more meth. <laughs> <laughs> Think about the people betting. They were betting on a horse that wasn't even there. <laughs> it was a ghost, ghost dog. <laughs> <laughs> the authority heard Zipping Sarah was driven to... Addington in Christchurch by Turnwald's partner, a licensed kennel hand, who stopped for a few hours at a friend's house in Nope, not gonna not gonna try this one. Uh, Kayapoi. Ka- oh, that's not too bad. Kayapoi? That's Kaya what I want to That sounds fun. That's a fun name. Where it got some exercise. What? Where it got some exercise. And some meth, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> that's when he got on the sauce. Yeah, that, that's when taste. he got juiced up. They took mm. a little stop. And then next yeah, what if this know, wasn't pow. the owner? What if this was just like bad influences at the kennel? Yeah. Hey, man, your bone's hurting. Fuck yeah, man. I'm running yeah, exactly. all day. It's Look like, at this hey, shit. Hey, man, the first, the first Toro doll I shot was when it was all downhill, right? Like, I, I just couldn't feel the pain anymore. And then I just kept running and running and running. And the next thing you know, I was smoking meth. Yeah. This is rough. This is rough on the old bones. Yeah? How's that? A bit of pun action there. Turnwald, Turnwald initially claimed the meth could have come from syndicate members who pat who patted the dog after the race. It's like, who's a good girl? And it's just like, yeah, give me the meth. Whenever you have something called the syndicate, though, it sounds like some shady shit's going on. It does. It does, because the next sentence sums that up. Okay. It was said some syndicate members, not identified, had smoked the drug hours before the race. Oh, interesting. This defense was abandoned, okay, after the racing integrity unit brought expert evidence that showed the vast majority of the meth must have been ingested before the race meeting. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm pretty good at scheming up ways to give a dog meth. I've like kind of <laughs> got them all taken care of here. I think this is my calling in life. If this whole video game production thing doesn't work out, I'll just go into uh, investigating meth crimes. Yeah. JCA panel chairman Warwick Gendall, QC, I don't know what that means, said the surmised defense was untenable speculation. Sorry, let me try to read that better. The surmised the surmised defense was untenable speculation. Methamphetamine, a potent central nervous system stimulant, posed significant animal welfare issues, and the level of amphetamines was particularly large, Gendall yeah. said. Okay. The authority had received the authority had received impressive character references in support of Turnwald and a detailed personal statement to which the authority gave some weight. Gendall said no 
no deliberate wrongdoing had been established, but but deterrence was crucial. Really? Okay. Termwald had a blameless record over the lengthy over a lengthy period of training greyhounds. She had paid the winning stake. She had paid the winning stake to her owners, and her reputation had been damaged. Gendal said. So I'm going to say at that point we can probably stop reading because the rest okay. of it is more just New Zealand stuff. But yeah, like there's a there's a video of adorable greyhounds who all look like they're in ponchos because I'm assuming the greyhound, being a very small and wiry dog, needs a poncho to go outside. <laughs> mm. Needs more meat on those bones. Yeah, plus, so plus it doesn't I get help I, when you're when you're smoking meth. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like when you're if they're all smoking meth, of all the dogs who you would say would be meth smokers, Greyhound is is my number one choice, right? Just the way that they look, or like an Afghan hound. Yeah, you're probably um, not seeing a I'm, beagle smoking meth, so, although it probably no, could use some. It could. Yeah, I'm gonna type in fat Greyhound, and they totally exist. <laughs> just, you're probably gonna get a lot of pictures of people on the buses. And I would say they still look kind of they still look kind of skinny, but there is literally an obesity. There's a dogwhispers.com, and there's a do- obesity obesity and greyhounds. And yeah, this guy's a chunky guy. He's quite fat, but he still looks very wiry. <laughs> this one's not even a greyhound. <laughs> you go to a few. Of them. I was just wondering how long I could scroll down before I actually get to a uh, before I actually get to a person on a bus. But looks like it's actually uh, identifying these these dogs pretty well, and most of these aren't yeah. fat. No, even when they show them fat, right? Like, I've seen fat corgis, <laughs> right? I've seen fat labs. I mean, I heard all, all corgis are kind of chunky. Like, that's kind of they the They are physique. a little chunky. But, I mean, and again, like, when you think of fat dogs, greyhounds are not one of them. And when they're fat, they just kind of beef out a little. Yeah. They don't look that unhealthy. They still look yeah. all right. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. And there's definitely fat, <laughs> fat Chibas, I think, are my favorite. <laughs> that's just put that on oh there. Just gonna oh, put look that up. Haru, Haru on uh, Instagram, that's a Fat Chiba. That is a yeah, large just one. Fat Chibas are great because they get the little neck rolls and that's what, that's what makes it all worth yeah. it. They just look tired all the time when they're they Fat do. Chibas. They do. Yeah. I like a fat cat. That, you know, I'm not a big cat person, but I do like a good fat, fat cats cat. Fat cats are good. Fat cats are funny. Yeah. You know, because they're they're not going to be jumping into shit like like. A and, but they do down. jump into stuff, but then they're just a little more clumsy. Yeah, they, they kind of like roll things, off of yeah. stuff. So yeah, it's good. Yeah. So yeah. So anyways, yeah, I just wanted to uh, yeah, like I wanted to go through the process of giving a greyhound meth, but great. I don't think we should be racing greyhounds anymore. I think that no. should stop. So if you need to I'm give a greyhound you. meth to make it run, then uh, you probably shouldn't be racing racing them. <laughs> I think that's pretty clear. Yeah, I. It, they also seem like so cavalier about it. Like, yeah, you know, she seems all right. Like, it seems like they just stopped at the end of the story. It, it, there's no real resolution. No. And again, there's more talking about like the the person's record and then just generally like, why are we still racing greyhounds? Which I think is the bigger question, which is like, oh, look, even, you know, this is how mistreated the dogs are. We even give them meth, meth, I tell you. So it's that. That's what they're Oh, I see. Got it. I do like how they found the most terrifying picture of a racing greyhound in this article. Yes, yes, it is. It's terrifying. Like I, I was like, is that the methed up greyhound? It's like, nope. This is just a this is just a stock image of a greyhound racing. Yep. So you can imagine what the methed up one looked like. Yeah. I mean, did he win by a lot? It was she. I think. Did she win by a lot? I would assume she. I mean, she plays first, second, and third pretty pretty consistently. So yeah, I think she's. I think she's kind of a monster. Wow. All right. Yeah. Well, there's two solutions. One, you stop greyhound racing. Two, you just give every dog meth. 
level yeah, playing I mean, field. It's, the, it's the old baseball argument, right? Would you yeah. rather everyone stops doing steroids or everyone starts doing steroids? What yeah, do you want to see? Yeah, if you're going to keep this shit going, double down and start breaking some records. Or don't. Yeah. It's not a good idea. PETA, yeah. <laughs> don't come after me, please. All right. Let's move on. Might as well. We'll call this reddish, bluish, blackish, Jewish for the sake of continuity. Um, There was an article written. It was trending by uh, by some guy in the uh, in the Orlando Sentinel. He wrote about Disney World. His we name can't- is Jonathan Van Boskirk. Yeah, I can't access that because while I was able to read the entire thing yesterday, I'm going to say, I think. Uh, now that is behind a paywall. There's also site. a New York Times article that I found. That's what I'm reading. That's what I'm going to read from. So I have a New Yorker Art Times article that I'm reading from here, but know that this is from the uh, Orlando Sentinel, which are cowards because that is, you were telling me that's the only article that's That's the only article that's paywall pay- okay. because newspapers are dying and this proves why they need to die. <laughs> yeah, but it, again, it wasn't 24 hours ago. I just Not think they're dying. It, it wasn't eight hours ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Column in, read from the New York Times, column in wokeness ruining Disney World experience draws, column in wokeness ruining Disney World experience draws backlash. That's a weird headline that I can't, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to move right past that. A column complaining. Reading rough today. (laughs) I thought I've been doing okay, considering the circumstances. But how do I sound? Does, uh, does tone does tone sound better? You sound like you might have had a couple of pops before this started. A couple of pops? A couple of pops. What does that mean? A couple of sips. Oh, I didn't. I've, I've been uh, very sober. Very sober. Need to. Detox. I'm going to go on a juice cleanse for the next... Uh, I'm not going on a juice cleanse. A column complaining that Disney World's wokeness is ruining the fun because Disney cares more about politics than happy guests drew a sharp backlash online this week. The guest column, I love Disney World, but wokeness is ruining the experience, was written by Jonathan Van Van Buskirk and appeared online Friday in the Orlando Sentinel. In the column, Mr. Van Buskirk... This guy's last name is. <laughs> oh man, your reading is no. To I just, this this name is. It's tough. amazing that now, even now that my social media ban is over, that I just don't read these articles. <laughs> In the column, Mister Van Buskirk, we'll call it that, of North Las Vegas, wrote that he was struggle strongly rethinking his commitment to the amusement park and the city of Orlando, Florida, home of Disney World. Quote. The more Disney moves away from the values and vision of Walt Disney, the less Disney World means to me. Disney is forgetting that guest immersion is at the core of its business model. End quote, Mr. Van Buskirk wrote. Disney has made changes to its park in recent years to make them more inclusive and provide an experience that all of our guests can connect with and quote, all of our guests can connect with and be inspired by end quote, quote, it wrote in a blog post. Among the changes, Disney announced last year a a re-theming of Splash Mountain, which which was previously based on the 1946 Disney film Song of the South, in which a former slave recounts African folktales. Changes have extended beyond Disney's parks, such as as with the decision to not stream Song from the South on Disney+. 
Disney World reopened its Pirates of the Caribbean ride in 2018, replacing a scene that showed pirates selling off women in an auction. The scene now depicts the sale of townspeople's most prized possessions and goods, according to a blog post on Disney Parks site. Among other changes, the company announced that it was building on the story of the Jungle Cruise and Disneyland and Disney World to include new adventures that stay true to the experience we know and love, more humor, wildlife, and skipper heart, and also reflect reflect and value diversity of the world around us. The jungle, the jungle Cruise ride included an indigenous character named Trader Sam, who sells shrunken heads. The character was recently removed from the ride. Quote, we're addressing negative depictions of natives in the attraction. End quote, Disney told Attractions Magazine. Didn't even know that was a thing, but I suppose it was a magazine for everything, right? In his column, Mr. Van Buskirk said Disney was taking a woke scalpel to the Jungle Cruise. That's graphic. Quote, every grown up in the room realizes that Trader Sam is not a representation of reality and is meant as a funny and silly caricature. It is no more based in racism than every Disney character caricature of an out of touch white American dad. End quote. Mr. Van Buskirk, who described himself as a Christian and conservative Republican, said that he and his family have been surprise. I know, right? (laughs) Said that he and his family have been Disney customers for decades, and that in addition to annual visits to Disney World, the family also takes a Disney cruise every year or two. Not last year. Sorry. This might have been one of the off ones. The Las Vegas Review Journal and court documents identified Mr. Van Buskirk as Clark County's chief deputy district attorney. That's cool. The district attorney's office and Mr. Van Buskirk did not respond to requests for comment on Saturday. Quote, the parks are less fun because immersion and thus the joy is taking a backseat to politics. Mr. Van Buskirk wrote, quote, immersion should not be sacrificed on the altar of political correctness and appeasing the Twitter mob. End quote. Then a Twitter mob. Yeah, I don't really need to read all the Twitter responses. Uh, that's yeah. Although there was one quote that I remember that he said at the end of this article that was, Disney, please return to the values and vision of Walt. The customer experience should be the core of your business model. Immersion should not be sacrificed on the altar of political correctness and appeasing the Twitter mob. Yeah. That's now, how he ended his, his op-ed. Yeah, so here this this goes on. So he's criticized. So Mr. Vambisker criticized other Disney other changes Disney made, such as one announced this month to allow greater flexibility for Disney employees regarding forms of personal expressions, such as nail and hairstyle and visible tattoos. Quote: The problem is I'm not traveling across the country and paying thousands of dollars to watch someone I do not know express themselves. I am there for the immersion and the fantasy, not not the reality of a stranger's self expression. I do not begrudge these people their in I do not begrudge these people their individuality and I wish them well in their personal lives, but I do not get to express my individuality at my place of business, end quote. So yeah. Sounds like you guy. need a new place of business there, Jonathan. Oh, here we go. He said uh so Mr. Yeah, so he said, Mr. Van Verskoek wrote that the next time he rides the Jungle Cruise or looks at Splash Mountain, he will think about Disney's political agenda. Quote, that's a mood killer, end quote, he wrote. So what were your thoughts on this? Well, actually, before you say that, uh, because you mentioned that thing about the values, and I'll just quote. Yeah. Uh, so we asked Brittany what she thought of this because she is yes. a, big She's a big fan Disney of Disney fan. World. Yes. And she frequents at, probably once a year, if not, uh, yeah, I'd say on average. 
So I asked her, uh, what'd you think? And she said this, I think it's ridiculous that people are in an uproar about Disney changing. First of all, that's the entire premise of what, of Walt's vision that the park is never done and always evolving. She didn't really follow up with any second or third points. So I guess that was kind of like Westworld. (laughs) Perhaps. Yeah. The park's never done. It's always evolving. So yeah. I want to read something real quick that's from Wikipedia of Walt Disney's – it's under the personality and reputation section, right? Views of Disney and his work have changed over the decades, and there have been polarized opinions. Mark Langer in the American Dictionary of National Biography writes that earlier evaluations of Disney hailed him as a patriot, folk artist, and popularizer of culture. More recently, Disney has been regarded as a paradigm of American imperialism and intolerance as well as a debaser of culture. Stephen Watts wrote that some denounced Disney as a cynical manipulator of cultural and commercial formulas, while PBS records or PBS records that critics have censored his work because its smooth facade of sentimental and stubborn optimism, its feel-good rewrite of American history. Although Disney's films have been highly praised, very popular, commercial success, successful over time, there are criticisms by reviewers so there's a lot of criticism here yada yada yada. disney has also been accused of anti-semitism although none of his employees including the animator art babbitt who disliked disney intensely ever accused him of making anti-semitic slurs or taunts the walt disney family museum acknowledges the ethnic stereotypes common in films in the 1930s were included in some early cartoons disney donated regularly to all jewish charities he was named the 1955 man of the year uh so yeah so anyways um my general thoughts on this there's also stuff about um you know songs of the south and perpetuate perpetualization of black stereotypes etc etc so look i don't want to say that again like we have to be careful going back in time and criticizing people right because in, in walt disney was born in 1901 I'm going to expect him to be a little bit racist because everyone was a little bit racist in 1901, right? Like, also, I think that's fair. He's also German, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that this is kind of fair, right? But I think actually looking at some of the wrongs that were made based on a time period and trying to refresh them is what you should be doing. And that's what a lot of this stuff is because some of it's just old. So sorry, old white guy. That your old white guyness actually doesn't make much money anymore. And that's all I see this as, as an old white guy who doesn't understand that being an old white guy isn't profitable anymore. So sure, why you might not be offended by this, why other people probably aren't offended by this, is a generation of people who will be. And if you're in the business of American imperialism and making money which is exactly what I would say if anything about Walt Disney is that Walt Disney know how to monetize something, right? <laughs> like I think just in general, the Disney brand knows how to monetize whatever they're doing. They do it better than anyone in history other than maybe Apple is monetize what they have. And so this is the perfect case of them looking at what they have and going, this isn't profitable anymore. Having a having Trader Sam with shrunken heads on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. This ride is old. So sure, you can look at the racial the racial things and the cultural appropriation of things and the insensitivity, or you can just look at the fact that it's old and there's some young kids going like, I don't get it. What's the point of this? I don't get it. And so someone's got to make it better, right? Like the whole, what's it? What, what's the whole ride that drops? The Tower of Terror, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Old. So what'd they do? 
I believe it's a Guardian of the Galaxy thing now, isn't it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Right? And it's not because the Tower of Terror is insensitive and it's wokeness. It's because it's boring. You know what's not boring? Guardians of the Galaxy (laughs) aren't boring. And they're going to do this with all of their stuff. So sorry, old white guy, that something from 60 years ago when you first went to Disney World is going to get changed and removed because it's boring. So I wouldn't be surprised if they don't get rid of Pirates of the Caribbean in the next decade for something else. But what is it? The Jungle Cruise thing that's coming out, right? That's a movie that's coming out with The Rock and Emily Blunt. We're going to make a better movie. So let's keep, let's refresh crap. And that's what they're going to do. They're going to keep refreshing stuff to make it newer for a newer audience. And guess what? A newer audience doesn't want to see natives being seen as savages, doesn't want to have old racist songs and what they want to look at. They want to have fun in a different way that's not at the expense of other people. So yeah, that's my general the kid, feeling. The kid doesn't, yeah. kids don't know what Song of the South is. They don't I've know. Never, I've never no seen like, it. I've it? never seen it. I'm not. Neither have I. Like, who can, and again, I, I don't see, I don't want to see it. Like, like, get this yeah. old shit out of here. Get this old mess out of here, man. Like, enough. Oh, this is our culture. Like, gone with the wind. It's Who cares? Yes, I understand it's a classic. It's also dusty. Get this dusty old yeah, movie out modern, of here. Modern it up. You're trying to appeal to as many yes. people as possible. And guess what? You, you know, you're, people, primarily, you're targeting the kids. That's why, like, yeah, so people not understanding that this is exactly what Disney does because Disney is in the business of making money are completely ignorant to what Disney is. Yeah. So I think Britney's completely right of like, this is what Disney is. It's the changing. And I would say in a cynical way, it's the changing to make money, yeah. not to make kids happy. It's to monetize off of kids. It's to make money off of children. That's what that's what Disney exists for. So yeah, we gotta we gotta spice this thing up, man. And sorry that old Trader Sam ain't profitable anymore. Yeah, who? But like this this dude wrote this long ass article in the in the Orlando Sentinel for, published it, which is the other thing. And and he lives in Vegas, and he took pictures of this with his with his fat big fat white face. <laughs> Yeah, it's like he looks like exactly the type of person that yes. would go to Disney every year and complain about why why do I see shirt? a tattoo? Like yeah. does the does the policy actually say that you know you're going to see Mickey with a sleeve tattoo now? I don't think that's how this works. But it, it just probably means just your server go, might have a short sleeve shirt. Yes. And but I look at this and go the world is changing. Tattoos are not what they were in the 60s and 70s at all. The world is changing, and if you don't change with it, you're gonna you're gonna be gone. You're gonna die, because that's how it's supposed to happen, right? Like the things that I thought were cool in the late '90s, if the kids don't find them cool anymore, those kids are what's shaping the future of how people make money. So, quite frankly, my old thoughts don't really matter, and I think that's the thing that this generation of old white Republicans don't get. It has nothing to do with trying to to your special snowflake sensibilities. It's that you're not profitable anymore. Your thoughts of whether or not you go and work in a coal mine, it's someone not saying we need to get rid of coal because we hate white Republicans. They're looking at it going, man, this thing's going to be gone in a decade. Why are we still digging up coal? There's better ways of doing this. Yeah. That make, yes. Is it better for the environment? Yes. But I would say they don't even care about the environment. Literally, it's not profitable anymore. Yeah. The the better question is, is this political or 
is this dude just seeing it political because everything apparently has to be politicized now? To me, there's nothing yes. like this is so innocuous and it doesn't mean shit. And from the Republican standpoint, it's like, all right, company wants to make changes. I'm not going to get involved in what the company does, right? And it doesn't impact the rides, really, ultimately. It's the same ride. It's the same tracks. It's the same story. You've changed a couple of characters because, you know, a couple of people might not feel great about it and uh, and we're going to move forward. But guess what? Does that, does, did, did Trader Sam really enhance the experience for you? Is that really worth like losing your shit over? Like what else changed? What, what are this you is really going you to Disney for? This is why you can't take Republicans, the current incarnation of Republicans seriously, because they made wearing a mask political. Literally anything that that they don't like, it turns into politics. And that's why this entire argument is always flawed because they make it political by bringing in wokeness and social justice and all of these words that are political and cancel culture. And then they say, well, that's what the left wants you to do. And a lot of this stuff's got nothing to do with politics, yet they make it political because that's literally trying to figure out a team that you can play on. I want to play with these guys. These guys are on my team. So any issue I have, I bring it to my teammates and then we all make it a political issue. Even though, like you said, none of this is political. It's not political at all. It's a corporation going, you know, having a guy that's, you know, that's stereotypically native and and selling shrunken heads isn't profitable. Why is this here? <laughs> Can we not put something else here that's more relatable to kids? The witch doctor with the shrunken head is not something that a kid born in 2002 even understands. Yeah, it's out there. So it's just dumb. And this is why they this is why they they're going to keep sort of again, it's a pendulum, right? Like this is this is what it sounds like when you're being when you're getting crossed out of history, is well, this is what it sounds like. It sounds like yelling and screaming and crying and nothing is fair and op-eds from big fat white faces who are becoming extinct. They just are. They're getting phased out because naturally we move on. And that's what we're doing. The world is moving on from this person. And this person is going to yell and scream until you don't hear the screams anymore. When I was in... Um I was at Disney World shortly after the Tower of Terror opened in the in the nineties. Was on it. Was there with uh, my dad and my sister, I guess. We were there, and I said, uh, "So we're on the we're in the Tower of Terror, going up. We're about to go up, and I'm about to go in." And I asked the guy, "I said, how fast does this thing drop?" And his response was, "Faster than a heart attack, sir." And then I got right on the ride, and I was like, "Well, that was funny." It's kind of an odd thing to say to a child. Yeah. But he did. Uh, I think we all got a giggle out of it. And uh, you just jostled my memory of that with uh, mentioning the Tower of Terror. Yeah. 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 Like, don't like I wouldn't be surprised if all the rides get replaced with Marvel stuff <laughs> by time. We're that's done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's my expectation. Like, I just like I think the Universal theme park is basically just going to be the it's entirely just going to turn into the Harry Potter theme park. Yeah. Because yeah, that's that's what everybody's going there for now. Yeah, and I would say even that might be getting to the point where that's a little outdated too. Might be. We might be getting close. Mm. 
Harry Potter. People love Harry Potter, but we're getting to the point where ah, Harry Potter is a different generation. Yeah, but they're just going to take it back from. I I, I think it, I, it's become bigger than than J.K. I'm I think so saying. too. I agree with you. I think it's become bigger than J.K. Rowling. But also, are they still making Harry Potter content? Like, yeah, are they still making TV. Yeah, they shows got they got that books? big game. The games coming out. I think that's going to be big when it when it eventually comes out. Uh, they're there's I guess they're still doing Fantastic Beasts, but th- those movies suck. Um, I always forget that those are Harry Potter joints. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're not they're not great. I mean, it's been a while since the second one came out. I I don't know why the th- I, don't, I don't even know if you could blame COVID for it for how long this thing has taken to actually come out. But anyway, that's got all sorts of uh, nonsense happening with it. Best thing about those is um, is what that what's that guy's name? The dude from Balls of Fury. He's in it. He's fun. Um, not Christopher Walken, the main character. <laughs> um, anyway. Oh, I just thought of another good one for the Paul Giamatti game. Let's write that down. I forgot remember the dude's name. Uh, anyway, that'd be a good start. Dan Fogler, by the way, is the name of the dude. I don't have to look him up. Just, uh, just remember off the top of my head. And not seen any of those movies, so I'm sure. Cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, this, this guy's old. And he's just a curmudgeon. I, there's not really much else to say beyond that. Shall we move on? Yes. Right on. All right. Enough of that shit. Let's do a little media therapy. And uh, then I can go to sleep. It's going to be awesome. Uh, let's start with a bit of with a question here. Uh, I was thinking about when, when we were talking about DMX and his action movies, and I was thinking about other terrible movies, uh, other like really bad uh, random ass I was about to say, action movies. Terrible movies. Careful. Sorry. Um, and for some reason, I thought of um, Half Past Dead. And then I thought of yeah. a star of that movie or one of the stars of that movie who's not um, Steven Seagal, Morris Chestnut. Who's yeah. older? Morris Chestnut. Oh, that's a good one. Or Paul Giamatti. Wow. Morris Chestnut. Huh. Morris Chestnut has been around for a long time. Sure has. Right. He's been along for he's been around for much longer than people think, but I also oh. think Morris Chestnut started very very young. A lot of rom coms, right? Um, that yes, a lot well. of rom coms, a lot of beautiful dark skin to play in a lot of Tyler Perry movies. I believe, although that that might not be true, he might have only been in one Tyler Perry movie. Oh, he was like also in Under in like, Siege too. I didn't realize. So he worked with he's, Steven Seagal a few times. Yeah, he's like in like the uh, like the Think Like a Man movie. Yeah, uh, like Dude Perfect works. Holiday. He, he like I'm trying to, like, he works right. He does the perfect guy. Like that's type type of movie yeah. type of movies that he's in. Um, like a lot of just beautiful blackness is what I think of when I think of Morris Chestnut. Just a handsome black man is what I think. Um, it's not wrong. It is. He's a beautiful black man. Like when you think of beautiful, it's him and like Shamir Moore, like those types of guys who are just like model level beautiful black guys yeah like you're, um, gonna, you're gonna get a lot of like on-screen stares this is tough i really don't know um because he could either be 45 or 55 he's because he's been around since the 90s but he's he always looked been the a same. teenager he has he's always looked the same so i'm gonna say older i'm gonna say he is older than paul giamatti i'm gonna say morris chestnut is 55 years old Okay. Morris Chestnut is one year younger than Paul wow. Giamatti. Wow. Yeah, he was in Boys in the Hood. Like that's he's been around forever. Yeah. 
Stude works. Yeah. Good for him. I mean, black don't crack, baby. Looks great. Yeah, he sure does. All right. So we uh, we got to talk about the finale for uh, for uh, I've watched a lot of movies because I am in the process of trying to watch all of the Oscar movies before the Oscars, which is on tomorrow night. Okay, so hit hit me with those. Okay, hit me with those. I'll talk a little bit about games and then we'll and then we'll uh, talk about this. uh, Hold on. I'm trying to get my list up of all the things that I've watched. Um, hold on. All right, so let me bang I'm out the games real quick. I play, yeah, yeah, I, get to get to the games fin- and then I'll go fin- through my finished list. Of all, games. Finished all the single player uh, levels in Monster Hunter Rise. The the village quests as they are, completing all those doesn't really do anything. I still don't understand that game, and I've uh, and I put more than thirty five hours into it. Uh, thirty, yeah. Uh, and I played about fifteen minutes of uh, Near Replicant before this podcast started, and. Seems cool. I don't know. It's just been 15 minutes. I'm sure it's great. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so that's it. I, otherwise, I've just been busy doing stuff. So. Yeah. Okay. You got, you so let me list? see. I do. So I'm going through the list of my played movies, right? Because I'm, I'm on Plex and I can see the things that I've watched. And. All righty. So Oscar movies. The Father. Right. So I watched The Father, which has Anthony Hopkins in it, and right. it's basically the story a of pope, watching right? a man go through dementia. Mm. This movie is heartbreaking. Anthony Hopkins is, I'm going to say something. I'm going to say that he is the greatest white actor of our time. Whoa. Name what? me a better uh, actor than Anthony Hopkins. Tom Cruise. Uh, I mean, Tom Hanks. Anthony Hopkins has the, he's got the range. He's got the theater. He's got the voice. He's, he's great. Like he's, he's, I don't see anyone who can, I don't think Tom Cruise could ever do a role like this. Well, I just not don't yet. See it. When he's old. I just don't see it. Right. So, I mean, but even when he's old, like, I don't think, I mean, first of all, Tom Cruise old. Ah, come on. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins is kind of like, he's kind of like a white Morgan Freeman in a way. Cause he's got a gravitas. Yes, there's a sense of there's a sense of importance when he speaks. There's the way that he speaks and goes through the language that's impressive. It's very it's very. Stable. I would almost put like but like a Christopher Lee on that level. Yeah, that's like a good that. one. I mean, what's Christopher Plummer's another good one, right? Yeah, the Chris is absolutely. Yeah. But Anthony Hopkins is great, and this movie is great. It's very jarring, right? Because you're sort of seeing it from his perspective of like different people and faces coming in, and him thinking that it's other people, but being confused and having conversations, but thinking they're conversations from the past and the timeline. It's very, very good. Yeah. Um, do I think it will win Best Picture? Possibly. And I think yeah. it's pretty possible that this thing will win Best Picture. It's good. It's really good. I I would actually put I'd put um, Anthony Hopkins. He's similar to um, Gene Hackman. It's like a different kind of uh, it's a different kind of gravitas. But they they also he's got a similar kind of presence. And if he if Gene Hackman kept going instead of stopping instead of yes. retiring after Mooseport, which was a really weird last movie to do, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he. Uh, you know, he would he'd be picking up roles like this and would be crushing it because that dude, that that guy was is a hit machine as well. He was always look, crushing I it. would I would think that he will win best. There's three people who can possibly win best actor this year. I think he's one of them. 
Okay. I think he's a high chance of winning. I think Chad Chadwick Bozeman possibly because he's of posthumously. Yep. Right. Easy money. Um, the guy from Sound of Metal might also win, and Gary Oldman is always up to win <laughs> winning an Academy Award. He already it's got always one. possible. Chadwick Bozeman is the last shot. Chadwick Bozeman is going to win a hundred percent. I get. I think Anthony Hopkins might win because the topic in the story was it was heartbreaking to watch. It was crushing. Um, he so plays. Uh, he it. doesn't play the. He doesn't play the Pope in this. He plays a priest. Who's that? Anthony Hopkins. What 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 is role does he play? No, he's just a he's just an old man. He's just an old he's man. Okay, got it. Just a, the yeah, father. It sounds like okay, he's just the father. Yes, he's you know the father. Not, he was in, not he was, father in the priest term. He's the he father in, in someone's father. <laughs> I'm conflating it because he was in the two popes last yes, year. Yes, he was. He was the second of the two popes, I think. Which was uh, also apparently pretty good. Yeah. Got so him him and the villain from Tomorrow Never Dies. So I watched the father. The second movie I watched was Judas and the Black Messiah. Oh, okay. You hear good things. This movie's great. It's really good. Like, really, really, really good. Um, it's basically the story of Fred Hampton. Do you know who Fred Hampton is? I've I've heard so many interviews and discussions about this movie, just on, like, yes. Larry Wilmore's podcast alone. Yes, of so, course you Yeah, would. I know all <laughs> about <laughs> it. The, yeah, so yeah. So again, it's it's good. The subject matter is good. Uh, Daniel Kalu- Kaluuya, I think that's how you say his name, because there's Kaluuya? multiple U's in there. Kaluuya, isn't it? I, it might be, but there's two U's in there, so I feel like you got to, uh, the U's. You got to put a little extra on it. Um, It's very good. I think he might win best. I think he's almost eschewing to win best supporting actor. I don't see anyone beating this dude um, because it's, he's so good at it, Um, of playing Fred Hampton. It's great. Uh, so yeah, those are the two. I'm in the process of watching the trial of the Chicago seven. I had to stop to do this podcast, so I will continue, but so far I like it. It's very similar time period as Judas and the black Messiah. Fred Hampton is in it played by another actor, right? (laughs) So the two movies that are fairly similar, which is why I think they'll cancel each other out for best picture because it's kind of similar, but different discussions. Um, it's a a Sorkin joint too. It is. Yes. And you can tell it's Sorkin, lots of dialogue, lots of Sasha Baron Cohen getting to speak. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, it's good. Um, so look for best picture, and I, I did watch a couple other movies, but I do quickly just want to do. We normally do an Oscar thing, but don't have time for all that. I just want to go over best picture, right? You got the Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, which is the one movie I haven't seen yet, which I'll see before tomorrow. It's good. I liked it. There is Minari, right? Which I thought was pretty good. It's got No Man Land, which kind of speaks to America. And it's got Francis McDormand in it, which was also good, but that's much more of like a think piece of like what yeah, happens. I've, to I've never had die. less interest in seeing a movie than Nomadland. Yeah, it's okay. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Promising Young Woman, which I watched and is a bit more of a, it's, it's a bit more of a commentary on today's culture of blaming women for, you know, things that happen that don't happen and taking the side of men and sort of this revenge story. I thought it was good. It was very weird though. Like the end is very weird. Um, so yeah, like it's okay. Now my favorite movie on this list is sound of metal. Wow. I really like this movie and I think it should win best picture. My guess for this year's Oscars is that sound of metal wins best picture. And then Trial of the Chicago 7, which I will see today. So I've seen for the first time in a long time. I've actually watched all of the Oscar movies, or I will watch all the Oscar Best best Picture movies before the Oscars uh, starts tomorrow. So yeah. Other movies that I watched. I watched Mortal Kombat. Also a Best Picture nominee for, uh, for, <laughs> for, for, next year. For, for next year. Yeah, absolutely. For next year. So Mortal Kombat. 
This movie. You love it. I love this movie. <laughs> it was so good. It was great. It was not what I was expecting. It's campy. It's got all of the Mortal Kombat beats from people who have played the game 30 years ago. Maybe it's 30 years ago. Less than that. Um, I don't even know when the first Mortal Kombat came out. Maybe it is 30 years. It's in the 90s. Um, definitely. Uh, yeah. Early so I don't know 90s. if it was ni- early I'll 90s I'll or you know, mid-90s. I'll do, I'll do a date check on it. Yeah. So who's older, Mortal Kombat or Paul Giamatti? It's a great question. So um, the first one was uh, 95. Okay. So mid-90s. Mid-90s. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, sorry. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Go on. I'll find the actual answer. 92. Yeah, so, 92 was the first one. Okay, yeah, that's, I thought it was either early or mid '90s. So the movie was '95. It's great. It's it's real funny though. This is like if Marvel made a video game movie. Is <laughs> what it is, like a violent video game movie because it's got some jokes in there. The dude that plays Kano is just he's an Australian cracking jokes the entire time. Um, but again, I loved it because it's got the beats from Mortal Kombat, right? Like you can't have a Mortal Kombat movie and not have someone say flawless victory right. after they kill someone. Or like Scorpion stabs Sub-Zero and says, get over here. Like you need that in the movie and it's done in a way that's that's campy, but not like, oh, like they get really. it. They get it. They get it. I mean, there, there's even a joke about Liu Kang doing the leg sweep over and over again, because that was the joke from playing the video game is that you just sit there as Liu Kang and you just do the leg sweep over and over again as a move. And like, if you don't jump, you'll just constantly get hit by it over and over again. So they, they even play on that where like the guy is like, he's not jumping and he's like, is that the only move you have? And he keeps hitting him with it. It's great. Um, this movie is awesome. And I really, really hope they make more of them because there's a cliffhanger at the end that they sort of tell you, you know, some of the characters that you wanted to see, we didn't introduce them because we're going to introduce them next time. So the general plot, and this is the general plot of Mortal Kombat, which I find really funny because I was like, I didn't know that was the plot of Mortal Kombat. Is basically there's like two worlds. There's like an Earth world and another world. Yeah. And so they do this combat to decide who runs which world. And that's pretty much the story. So it's like Earth's greatest heroes versus like the underworld or whatever it's called. The 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 different another worlds. Another world, the, right? Or something like the that. The outworld. I think it's outworld, called the outworld. That's it. Yeah. The outworld, right? So it's like this battle between these two. It's like the whole story of Jax and like losing the arm. Like again, it's just telling the story of Mortal Kombat. But it was it was a lot of fun to watch. I mean, this this movie is super violent though. Like I don't think you can watch this. No, I'm not. Like there's people getting cut in half. Like the dude tears Goro's arm. Like it's great. Um. So yeah, I'm a big fan of this movie, and I hope they make more. I mean, I think I read something that the guy who plays uh, Sub Zero, because Sub Zero was great in this thing um he's just like terrifying this dude's like i signed on to do three more of these things i hope if it does well enough i hope we do more and it's like oh we're totally gonna do more like i don't think this is the last mortal Kombat movie we're gonna see in this incarnation it was great yeah let's see uh well mortal Kombat and demon slayer in fierce brawl for number one as domestic box office continues to rebound from pandemic so that's pretty good yeah yeah, I, this is I, I typed you. I wish I was in a movie theater to see this because I wanted to be part of that user experience because <laughs> I wanted to be there when 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 uh, when like certain points in the movie happen and there's a Mortal Kombat tagline um, like 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 the, the dude kills one of the guy and he goes fatality and it's great because he like pulls his heart out and it's all of it like it's Mortal Kombat. It's great. It's literally the video game just done 
well in a movie, even though I think the first Mortal Kombat is actually pretty well received. I think that was one of the like, this is actually not a bad movie. It's the like second a, one is it's terrible. It's like a fun bad. That's what it is. Yeah, the second one is terrible. Like the, oh, the I think it's Annihilation. Yeah. It's awful. It's so, it's so bad. bad. Yeah, yeah, I've seen both of those movies. The, the second yeah, one, I was actually recently listening to a uh, to a podcast where they where they review series of these things, and I was listening to the recap because they always walk through the whole plot. And I forgot how much silly shit is in Annihilation. Like you mentioned that Jax lost his arms. And in Annihilation, they they see Jax on this table. Like they get him and he's got the metal arms. Like he just had this operation done. And then towards the end, he just kind of like peels the arms off and he's just got regular arms underneath it. <laughs> like that's an actual thing they do in the movie. <laughs> It's crazy, uh, but they. Uh, I gotta ask, do how far do they go with this? And in this, and in this type of movie that they've created, is there? Um, do they have things like? Uh, is do you think there's room to have things like animalities and baby and babalities? I think I think they can find the room. They did everything's this on movie the table so well. I think everything is on the table because of okay. how well they did it. It looks pretty think, yeah. too in the trailers. Like the trailers it make it look great. like a really like pretty, the whole uh, like a well thing. Movie. Like, yeah, like there's a part in the movie where Sub Zero like grabs someone, like like someone gets cut, and he like grabs the blood and freezes it and uses it as a dagger to stab the dude. Like it's it's awesome. Like it just looks cool. I mean, it's super gory because yeah, what I just explained sounds horrifying, but <laughs> yeah. it's great. Um, so yeah, like I'm, I'm a big fan of this movie. I was watching it. I watched this early in the morning because there's no way in hell Alice is watching this movie. So I watched this at like six in the morning and I was like, oh man, what a great way to start my Sunday. And you're jacked <laughs> up for the day. You're ready to go. It's great. Yeah, it's great. Nice. So after that, and before we get to Falcon and the Winter Soldier, because the last thing I want to talk about, did I talk about nobody? Did I talk about this last time? I don't remember. No, I don't think you talked. You said you were going to watch it, but you haven't. Yes. About it. Yeah. And I watched it. And again, this is Bob Odenkirk being John Wick. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm here for exactly it. what it is. Yeah, I'm here for it, and that's all I need to explain. It's Bob Odenkirk being John Wick. He gets beat up a bit more. Um, the whole bus scene where he like closes the door and he just starts to tear these these dudes up, but it's like he actually gets hit and punched in the meantime, so he gets roughed up. It's like John Wick if John Wick wasn't so proficient with a gun. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. Interesting. So it's good. It's good. Big fan. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Right on. All right. Falcon Winter Soldier, then. I got I got nothing else to add. Uh, Black we, Captain America. I, I got what I wanted. I'm good. <laughs> we'll spoil it. Uh, overall thoughts, though. Go watch it. It's a good watch. Um, my, my sentiments on this are unfortunately similar to the... I just need to come out and say it. This episode was a mess. Like, it was... Oh, this, yeah, it's this, a real mess. This, this finale is not a good piece of content. Now, the first half, especially, is a shit show. The second half, I thought, was great. But the first half, real like not a well constructed episode no. of television at all. No, it, it's very clearly trying to get this over with. No, I That's understand I that watching there was like it, it felt issues. like we've got to wrap this up. It From literally what I, felt yeah. like, all right, guys, we we, we got to be done with this thing. Like, well, let's go. Like, let's wrap it up. Yeah, like this was shorter than the last episode, and I thought yeah. the last, like, and the last episode and the one before that, they were so good. They were so good. So it was it was just surprising how like not great of an episode it was now all that said i still really enjoyed it and the the especially the the anthony mackie stuff was great 
but everything else around it, I was like, this stuff just kind of feels the thing, hollow. Though, is that that stuff, right? Like, I feel kind of the 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 explanation on Black America and wearing the red, white, and blue in the military and the stars and stripes. I felt like I got enough of that. I didn't need it again. Oh, like, you mean you got it in the last kind of, few episodes? Yeah, no, in the last, in just this last episode, right? Like, just let him be Captain America. Yeah, they did and drill they it in a didn't. lot. They like, kept sort of telling you, Black like, Falcon. No, Falcon. That's Captain America. No, that's Captain America. <laughs> like, it's just How can like, you oh, tell? How can you tell? Just yeah. because he's got the shield? Yeah. It's like, it's oh, like, no. The fact that the, it's a fact that Wakanda gave him literally a, a walking American flag as a suit. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it, it, it just felt like a little much. Like, it was like, it was great that we got into that stuff. Like, but we, after episode six, I felt like he kind of explained his reasoning for doing this. He didn't have. He doesn't have to keep trying to tell me why he's Captain America or why he decides as a black man he can be Captain America. I got it. Yeah. And now right. it starts to feel like you're kind of pandering to me. And I'm here for Black Captain America. I want it. I need it. But don't force feed it to me. I'll eat it. Right. Like I'll. I'll. I will gladly eat this meal. But please don't hit me over the head with this. Even though I'm sure they would say this actually isn't for you. You get it. Yeah. This is for all the other people who don't get it, that we got to beat them over the head with it. But I'm like, but they don't care. They're going to be like, oh, liberal media keeps trying Not to get me to understand why. Yeah. When I'm just like, yeah, it's cool. He's flying around. He's throwing the shield around like a Frisbee. It's great. <laughs> like, it's what I wanted. That's it. You don't have to explain it to me. He's black Captain America. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I again, I, I'm with you. It was a mess. The whole flag smasher thing fell apart at the end because it just got real sloppy. Because yeah. it was just, again, like, let's just hurry this thing up. It's literally like, all right, guys, we gave you what you wanted. Sam's Captain America. Now let's wrap all this other BS up so we can have him be Captain America. That was it. Yeah, this woman just did not have a plan the whole time. Like, this character, which seemed kind of interesting at the beginning. Became yeah, less interesting as we went along. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, she kind of went to a mustache twirling villain yes. the moment she blew up a building. For no yeah, reason, like, oh, like, oh, I'm gonna like we got this thing, and then the, the bomb guy. goes off, <laughs> and then guy who's not Greg but has his hair looked like it was like, why'd you just blow up the building? <laughs> She's like, this is what they just got to understand, and then and all of a sudden it's like, okay, and he's like, glad I'm still on board with this, and like every time she just some fucked up shit, he's clearly like, yeah, I don't think I'm on board with this, but like you're all super soldiers, just be like, no. <laughs> We're yeah. good. We're yeah, going to walk just, away. It It's yeah, just like yeah. as a as a main enemy force, it was super weak. Bad. She's, she became a bad villain. I like the fact of, hey, it's this little girl who has some very strong ideology of how America has ruined her life yeah. or how the presence of this has ruined her life and Sam's confliction with that. But then it just kind of fell apart. And was like, okay, so what what exactly is she fighting for again? Like, and I didn't think that's, I thought super soldiers healed fast. Yeah. Well, depends. I'm sure if you get shot shot and it shuts everything off, you're done. But still, it was just the fact that like, they kind of got shit. Like sometimes the bullets work, sometimes they didn't. And it was just very convenient. Just be like, bow, I shot you. And then the one girl lives, but she doesn't. Like, it's just, yeah, like it just, it was sloppy. It was sloppy in the end. And it's very clear that they were just like, all right, we got the point we wanted to get across by, by episode five. (laughs) <laughs> let's yeah, just appara- apparently some, the suit and be done apparently covid had some uh had something to do with this i guess i think there was sure uh, <laughs> i heard i heard something where it was there was supposed to be something about like a chemical warfare plot or something i don't know regardless this is what we got this is what's there i still think it's good i'd say this one it, i mean it, you know i it's it's just so disappointing 
because like I, you, you kind of get in, I get wrapped up in a bit of the hype around the, um, so I'm still enjoying the beats, but at the same time, I'm like, what are we doing here now? What's this about? Like it, the, the disjointedness of this whole thing going down was just wild, but all that said and done, I did, I was happy with where it ended and it makes me kind of excited about what's next. Like you, there's now they're talking about who's writing the next Captain America movie, and you yeah, know, I, just, I I got what I needed. Yeah, I, I don't need to see more of it. Like I'm just kind of on. I guess Loki is next, right? So now you don't, yeah, Loki but you don't, you don't want the uh, like a straight Captain America movie where it's like, okay, we have this journey about how he got there, and now now we can actually just have Anthony Mackie starring in a Captain America movie. I guess, but I kind of got what I wanted. I again, I, I've said this multiple times. I like the origin stories of Marvel. I don't yeah, like sure. after the origin story because the stuff is just they start like because it's often more about the villains after yeah. the origin story. And if you don't have a good villain, it, the movie doesn't work, right? Like all of Marvel's best movies are often like the origin story of the good or the bad guy. And if you have a terrible bad guy, it doesn't matter what the origin story is. So I would argue Infinity War, everyone loved that movie. Now, again, more people watched Endgame. But if you ask someone between Infinity War and Endgame what their favorite movie is, I'm going to say nine times out of ten, it's Infinity War. Interesting. I don't know. I, I kind of... It's a better origin story of Thanos. Yeah, I guess. It's a better origin story. The, the second one is just, it's a time travel heist movie. Okay, cool. I, I I still I think I like Endgame more just because that Infinity War is as bad as I kind of made fun of that movie and said it was overhyped. If you watch it again, it's like oh yeah, like Thanos kind of like you're telling the origin story of Thanos really, yeah. Like the story of how he oh they're both great. I mean you're comparing the, to me you're comparing ten a ten and a ten. It's like give given a day. Yeah, again Endgame's not a ten on. to me. It's a it's a it's a it's toys smashing together, <laughs> which is fine, yeah, but, but it's just toys smashing together. But I would say the same thing with this, right? Like the origin story, unless you have a good villain, and a lot of times Captain America's villains are other superheroes, which is interesting. Like villain as in the antagonist in the movie. But think about Thor's second movie sucked because the villains sucked. Yeah. Like Loki just wasn't a very convinced, and Loki wasn't even the villain in that movie. Who was the villain in the second exactly. movie? It was like these. I don't some, remember. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where it's like the third I don't villain, know, some dudes, like right? some alien the, guys. The third I guess, movie. Yeah. The third movie, the villain, his his sister, much better villain, right? So like it, the, I think the origin stories tend to be just more predictably solid movies because they're predictable, but it's also telling a hero's journey. Telling the villain's journey is much harder. So if your villain is no good, like Age of Ultron is terrible because Ultron's a terrible villain. Mm. Disagree with that. Ultron is terrible. That movie's terrible for much more reasons than just... No, Ultron's a bad villain, though. Out of all of the big baddies, he's the worst. He's the worst one. Mm. Who cares about a robot? He's terrible compared to Thanos and Loki. Well, yeah, it's just different. I mean, as a threat, I actually, I actually didn't mind uh, Ultron as a villain. That that was probably the least of my problems with that movie. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I just think he's a he's a he's not as strong as a villain. Iron Man two villain was weak. Yeah, absolutely. Which sucks because Sam Rockwell's right. great. Yeah, but the villain was weak. It just was compared to the first Iron Man. Right, first Iron Man strong. It's an origin story with a super strong villain. And super strong as far as back then. Now you'd be like, all right, this is a little. It's in a box of scraps. Like it's not. It's not the way Marvel does movies anymore. But yeah, at the well, time, you got the you're dude. like, all right, this you is got good. The dude, of course you're gonna. Yeah, of course you gotta. It's go good. 
Yeah, so like if the villain is good after the origin story, so at this point, who's going to be the villain in, I guess, the Falcon or the Black, whatever the name of the Captain America? Just movie call it Captain be? America. You just get, you have, you can't call it anything but Captain America. Call, call it, it Captain else, America. Who's his villain? Got Anthony who's the villain? And if the villain's not good, no one's going to care. I don't know. So. Paul That's Giamatti, get that fucking guy in a movie. Like, what are we doing? And think about it. All of all of the Spider-Man movies, for the most part, if the villains are bad, people don't like them. Um, yeah, I guess. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I, I, it's just I'm I'm trying to figure out the Marvel formula, and it's like really they do better off investing in super strong villains for the second movie. I would even argue Black Panther, the villain was the strong point, even though that was an origin story. Right, like I would almost say, having Killmonger in the second movie would have probably bought you much more than having him in the first movie. They kind of shot both of their shots at the same time on Black Panther, where they've got a big bill to live up to for the second movie, which I'm going to assume will probably be a little disappointing compared to how strong that first one was. And I would say that's because Michael B. Jordan carried the hell out of that movie. Yeah, it was pretty good. That's a good movie. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just my Marvel observations. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know enough about the villains in the Captain America fights. I mean, we looked at the list before, and the Neither number one, I, on, the, number one really on the list aren't comic book nerds. Number one like on the, the list content? is is yeah. uh, Adolf Hitler. So I think Anthony Mackie should just <laughs> well, fight just, him. Yeah, Captain America just fought Nazis. I would yeah. love if he just fought the KKK. <laughs> just lean into great. it. <laughs> I think I think that is a storyline, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it has to Captain just, America KKK. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I thought that was uh, where he fights. Yeah. No, maybe not. I, I really thought there was something about this where he fights the, the Ku Klux Klan or something like that. I don't remember <laughs> where that was. There is a comic book where he does that or some superhero does it. I don't know. But I'm down. I'm down. He takes on. Uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, some one of those assholes. It's like in the middle. He fights Richard Spencer, who becomes like a superhero. <laughs> <Just, laughs> That neo Nazi guy. Uh, just have him fight Tucker Carlson. That's good enough. <laughs> just... yeah, go. <laughs> so yeah. Anyways, um, also watching Cobra Kai. Still, it got real. Did you watch the end of the second season of Cobra Kai? No, I'm like halfway. Okay. Through. Yeah, it gets real dark. Really? Yeah, it gets dark. People love it though. Then Pierce even season three is like amazing. Is it? Yeah, it's just really, it's very campy, but it's also fun to watch. So yeah, I've been watching a lot of content because tomorrow's a national holiday. It's Anzac Day here. Mm. So tomorrow's a national holiday. So I'm able to watch a lot of TV and then do actual things tomorrow. <laughs> so Great. Well, enjoy that. I will. Uh, we'll be, uh, yeah. And do you have any Oscar predictions quickly? I know you're no, tired, I, but I do you have any predictions? I have watched less movies this year than any year of my life, I'm going to say. Wow. So let's and you've see. had more time than any year in your life. How interesting. Because I've been playing more games. I just I prefer playing games than to watching movies. So simple as that. Let's see. What do I think is going to win? Uh, my biggest prediction is like the safe one, which is Chadwick Boseman wins Best Actor. There's no doubt. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I haven't seen my radius Black Bottom, but there's I mean, he's up against some some pretty big people. So I don't know if they'll give it to him. I think they'll might just recognize that what he meant to Marvel more than this. So. Yeah, best act. Yeah, uh, let's see. Best actress. Uh, I, Viola Davis is great in uh, Bahraini. I mean, that was like transformative. The transformative role has always helped. And I don't. I oh man, I, I did also hear United States versus Billie Holiday. That's another one that I uh, heard was pretty good too. Because uh, again, thanks to Larry Wilmore, 
I've heard about that a bunch of times as well. And that's an interesting story. But yeah, Viola Davis in um in Ma Rainey is it's it's crazy <laughs> what what she does in that role. Are you are you gonna watch that? Is that on your list? Uh again, I'm just watching best pictures. I don't have time to watch. I've watched a couple other movies, obviously. Like I've watched White Tiger. Um let's see if there's anything else. I've watched some of the, I haven't watched Mulan, which is up for best visual effects. Uh really, um, really hoping that uh Husevic from uh, from uh, Eurovision wins best song. That would be amazing because that oh, yeah. I've that, seen Eurovision. I've seen that movie. Because that that would be uh, that would be an Academy Award winning movie, which is what which would be delightful. <laughs> also, that song is excellent. Uh, let's see here. I you know what the one I don't understand. I you're gonna watch. Are you gonna watch Mank? Yes. Okay. I, I need to understand this. I just. Because I don't. I watched that movie. I liked it because, uh, you know, it, it's a talkie. It's based on uh, <laughs> Citizen Kane. I like all that stuff. And Amanda Seyfried is in it as and she's being nominated and she's nominated as Best Supporting Actress. And everybody's like, oh, my gosh, she's so good. She's so good. I don't know what was so outstanding about her role. She was fine. She She did the role as it was supposed to be, I guess. But I, it didn't blow me away. I'm really interested to hear what you think about that. Hmm. Okay. Not that I'm well, look, we'll talk about it. We'll talk win, about the uh, yeah. We'll talk about the winners for uh, for the Oscars next time. We're but yeah, I'm looking through these. I really don't have any opinions on these at all, except for yeah. Best, again, uh, it's it's probably the weakest lineup of Oscar movies just because of the pandemic, right? Like I would say the visual effects category is pretty weak, just because you didn't have a ton of uh, big movies, right? Like you didn't have a giant like Love and Monsters. I watched that movie. That movie is terrible. Um, but it's up, right? Because it's one of the few movies that came out and had decent visual effects. It's just, it's just where we are. Like, it's just a weird year for movies. So, where's the visual effect? I'm looking at this right now. Tenet. No, Tenet's gonna. That's a shoe in, right? I think. I, I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, The Midnight Sky. I, I heard that movie was not good. That's the one with uh, George Clooney, right? If yeah, there's a lot of movies that are just not like it's just it's a weak field because it's the same movies over and over again. I would argue these are the pretty much the movies that came out. <laughs> like this is pretty much it. This is I'm actually I'm really upset because the one of the most enjoyable movies that I watched last year was the uh, was the personal history of David Copperfield, and that, and that's got nothing. Yeah, and nothing. that was and that movie was just delightful. Like it was so much fun. I don't know. If you haven't watched that yet, I, I do highly recommend that one. It's great. Yeah, I haven't watched it. Um, Very British. Maybe I should. Very British. Yeah. yeah. Um, but come on, man. You got 10 slots for best pictures. You couldn't get one that's like uplifting. Are any of these fun? Like, are any of these like uplifting movies? Uh, depressing so Chicago fun. 7 is, it's got like Sasha Baron Cohen. Like, there's some, there's a bit of comedy in it. Like, it's not, I mean, it's a, it's a rough subject matter at times. Yeah. But it's got some, like, Promising Young Woman has its moments, but that's rough subject um subject matter but yeah like the oscar the movies that get nominated for oscars are never fun which is why marvel will never win an oscar for best picture right because yeah i would argue that infinity war and endgame does should have been nominated for best picture and they're just not yeah so yeah this is a depressing list of movies i want to see none of these i would i probably try all this chicago seven is the one that i will see because i like uh it's good it's good so far i, I like uh you know how i feel about uh sorkin I'm a fan. Yeah. Again, I, I like it. I'm liking it so far. I'm going to go finish it once we're done with the call. All right. We'll go do that. And uh, for everybody else, you know, enjoy the Oscars. We'll talk. Uh, we will back next week. Review us. 
on iTunes. I my iPad's too far away, so I will not be checking that. We'll check it out next week. See if uh, John owes anybody a dollar. So get those reviews in. Get them in on iTunes. Review it five stars, preferably. That'd be great. And then John will send you a dollar if you have the balls to say something and identify yourself. Otherwise, we'll just appreciate it. We'll appreciate your your five stars review and your contribution to this podcast. And until next week, this thing's over.